morning and welcome to the Outpost Frequencies, brought to you by TheLastMovieOutpost.com for all of your movie news, reviews and everything cool about film. This evening, I'm your host, not George Lucas, and we have a special guest with us who I will get to, but first of all, I will introduce the one and only Drunken Yoda. Hello there, how are we doing today? Did my first mow of the season and I found all the crap that ends up in your yard over the winter. Yeah. <laughs> Trash. Well, the tortoise. Dog, the dog. The book of Boba Fett, the Ghostbusters franchise. <laughs> Will Smith's career. That one was new. The Oscar was pretty shiny still, so I think I could salvage that. Um, and we have Sean. How's it going, fellas? Wonderful. Yeah, right. <laughs> Is that Hooray. the best colored man in the business for nothing, folks? <clears throat> I need and, one of those wind up, you know, one of those things that you twirl it. You know, that sort of thing. Or how's that? Is that better? And and with us this evening, we have a very special guest. I'm from Good Bad Movies. Cecil, nice to have you with us. Good Bad Flicks, sorry. <laughs> He's a big fan. Yeah, a big, big fan. Your name is who? No, it's all good. How are you guys? I subscribe to nearly six channels. I can't remember them all, all right? <laughs> run, run, he, he runs a very professional uh, show here, so. <clears throat> this is just error one of many <laughs> from this evening. No, seriously, Cecil, it's good to have you with us. Thanks for joining us. Straight from oh, his mother's basement, it's not George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, excuse me, a nicely decorated not mothers. Except for, don't say what my Yoda looked like earlier. My my Grogu, I, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows. Everybody knows. No, it doesn't. It looked, I like the fact it, it was. It happened to be a massive Grogu, but it's a little Mandalorian. It's this mm. all show, Cecil. I'm sorry. I know. I know. It's this I don't know who any the whole time. Are. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm leaving. That's it. Yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> he really that was quick. He really, he really was like, "Oh, I got to make it look good." Cecil's coming on. Let's see. Oh, my baby Yoda doll here. <laughs> it was kind of along those lines. Um, so first of all, we are going to talk about. First of all, we haven't got um something that we always talk about. We haven't got any Alec Baldwin news apart from it was his birthday, um, and apparently some people had pulled party poppers and he just ducked. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it be he, he was pulling the potty popper is that the joke he was the one yeah okay no no, no. Every, just he everybody heard, he heard a, yeah why would he uh, duck he's the one that kills people he, he's never been shot at oh you want me to talk about alec baldwin i'll give it a shot no <laughs> that was that was the only news it was his birthday so happy birthday alec we hope you're all having a lovely day and why aren't you in prison because he's rich and white. Yeah. Um, let's ask Will Smith's lawyer. Um, so, um, drunken Yoda. Yes. You, Please. You went to see. You went to see Morbius. Yes. Mo Morbius. And and Morbius. Uh, it's one of those films. It's obviously just recently come out. Um, I can't say I've got any interest at all whatsoever seeing it. Um, but you you managed to drag yourself to the cinema. On a score of one to five, how would you? What would you give it? Uh, I'd give it a C. Um, <laughs> yes, I got to be difficult all the time. You know this. Uh, I I don't. So this is one of those situations where the Rotten Tomato score is 
I don't know. I don't know if it's indicative of the quality or not, uh, because everybody on Rotten Tomatoes gives it kind of like a 50 percent. But since none of those are fresh or very few of them are fresh, the score comes out to like a 16 percent. Right. Because they, they they have a very binary system of calculating that score. Yeah. So is it as bad as like if you just looked at it, you say, oh, 16 percent, this must be the worst movie ever. It's not. It's not woke. It's not. It's just. It's just very rote. It is a. It is a phase one Marvel film, circa two thousand eight to two thousand twelve. Unfortunately, it's twenty twenty two, and we've seen all that eight million times. So you got guy gets powers. His friend gets the same powers. Uh, two guys with the same powers fight each other. Uh, who is the villain? Who what's who who is the villain? The villain the is his friend Jared Leto. Yeah. No, the... <laughs> no I just meant in general. That's the villain of comic book movies. Uh, I think he's a pretty good actor, actually. I don't know about this movie, but he, you know, he he seems to be he, poisoned he like for a superhero so movie. I don't know. He's. I mean, I don't saying I like him or anything. I'm just saying he seems, you know. Oh, Sean's he... just declared this love for Jared Leto. <laughs> he's a, he's a beautiful. He's a beautiful man. Look, if you, he, if yeah, you, he is a very weird guy. Like, yeah, I mean, you heard what he did on uh, with with Suicide Squad with all of his uh, yeah. cast. What did he do? Um, he 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 was so in character that he sent every like I believe it was all the women in the cast uh, used condoms, <laughs> and, and he was saying that was as so, well. Uh, so maybe they, I only I heard the used correct. condoms. I heard dead but rats I, too. You heard dead rats too. Like the dead rat. Okay, maybe that's something the Joker would do. But like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I think he was like, "Hey, I can get away with this," you know. And he did. And I, I don't know. I mean, any in any other industry, uh, I think you would be unemployed. But uh, for some reason in Hollywood, they're just like, eh, "He makes us money." Well, I like the fact that, you said that this is something the Joker would do. I can just see the Joker sort of passing up a dead yeah. rat and sort of going, dear so-and-so. <laughs> well, I hope he wasn't, I hope he wasn't method acting for Morbius. Cause I wonder how many people would have you know, died. <laughs> yeah, he drained the blood out of a bunch yeah. of homeless. He slept in a really coffin. Really into for, this. Yeah. He, he went to the graveyard and slept in a coffin for like six months. You say he makes the money, just, but I mean, that, Suicide Squad died a horrible death. Uh, this movie is probably dying a horrible death. Well, Suicide Squad, I, I will defend Suicide Squad. There was there was problems with that. Hopefully one day we'll actually get the full cut of the movie. But Suicide yeah. Squad, it was disliked by like the critics, but the movie made almost a billion dollars. True. It did, oh, it did not... Yeah, it was not a box office failure. That's, it was a that's major. That's before we all hit. got. That's before we all got wise to their <laughs> yeah. shenanigans. What it's Warner Brothers? It must be good. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> see, see, my whole thing with this, I don't know if Morbius. I, I'm. Pro, I'll guess. I'll see it three months from now when it's on home video. But yeah. uh, I think right now it's like everybody is kind of attacking it because of two reasons. <clears throat> Number one, because there's really nothing else going on. Uh, you know, what are you going to talk about? You're going to keep, keep talking about the slap with Will Smith, yeah. or are you going to talk about Morbius? And I think that the other thing is it's uh, it's another way to kind of goof on. Suicide Squad and Jared Leto or Leto or however you know where they get oh it's the worst movie where you can't say that Suicide Squad is the worst movie when Birds of Prey exists. Yeah, well, I, I, took, I took my no, shot. I took my shot <laughs> at it. Point. 
in my news thing. I I, I made a Joker joke. Mor- Morbius can't be worse than those Venom movies. It's I, not. I mean... it, it's really not that horrible. The the biggest problems I have with it is that the so much of the the moments are feel like it's only an hour and forty four minutes, and that's including post credit scenes and everything else. So, so much of it just feels like they're just checking off boxes to get to the next plot point. And mm. there's not a lot of, I hate to say it, it should be a little bit longer just to give to give some of the characters breathing time. And then from a technical standpoint, there's a scene where if I had to describe how they, how they did this scene, if it wasn't CG, is that they broke a pile of mirrors, they dropped them off the top of a building, they dropped the camera off with the mirrors and just filmed it as it went down with a couple of dummies. And good luck trying to figure out what the hell you're seeing on screen. <laughs> it is that that's, bad. That's not a ringing endorsement at all. No, it's not. And that's the problem. I thought this like, was going to be a If I'm going to watch review. something, if I'm going to watch something like this, I mean, there's, like, there's all these little moments where, like, hit the 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 love interest sees you know kind of discovers all the bats that he's keeping in a big circular whatever it is and it's like he's been f- kind of found out he's like okay don't tell anybody and then like another nurse just runs in and says dr Mor- morbius we need you for this patient and then she runs out like she just didn't see everything that just got exposed <laughs> yeah, you know it's like oh i guess we're just glossing over that little bit and, and there's just, like, a lot of things like that uh, that don't make sense. Uh, the, I'll spoil it for the post-credit scene because um, he was in the trailers. But Michael Keaton just emerges into that universe as Adrian Toomes from the MCU. Oh, no um, kidding. Yeah. I, I thought you were actually going to say Batman then. <laughs> It might as well. I don't, I under, I don't understand because he's like, I, I think I'm here because of Spider-Man, but I don't remember. Well, okay, so he doesn't remember Peter Parker. But then why does he get sent to the other universe? Michelle, MJ and Ned didn't get sent. Doctor Strange didn't get sent. Nobody else got sent to some other universe that remembered Peter I thought that the uh, this stuff is also part of that, but like separate. You know what I mean? It it's just a lot of nonsense like that and you just go it's separate but the same yeah <laughs> yeah because well, uh, i mean if spider yeah i don't know go ahead i was I'm just sorry. gonna say no 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 no. it's fine i was just gonna say i think with um like sony having you know continuing to have control over spider-man like like <laughs> disney is trying desperately to buy it from them and they're like no they're like we we kind of know what we're doing we're we're pairing it with you, we but got we're, else. we're doing it successfully. And yeah, it's not smart for them to sell because they'll lose that major cash cow. I mean, it it's probably going to the last Spider-Man uh, is probably going to be one of, if not the highest grossing film of this year. So um, I think it would just be really dumb. Uh, so I think I know they wanted to do like the Sinister Six, and they wanted to set all them up. And I think it's really smart. Um, if they have a line like, OK, yeah, there is the Marvel MCU, but then there is the Spider-Man universe. And I mm. think it's smart to kind of keep them separate or at the very, you know, maybe dabble a little bit with the other one. But uh, I think it would be it would be definitely more in their interests to keep those two separate because they seem to be growing while the MCU is really starting to like go down. So I think if they merge together, then it would just hasten the Spider-Man decline. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to build this entire universe 
on the back of things, you know, like Venom and Morbius, because I just don't think they have the quality to, to kickstart this thing that Iron Man and Captain America and Thor did. And given that, you know, what we've already seen all this, so you can't just put out a rote superhero movie that does basically what, what's been done a million times before. Because, you, you know, what pays for these movies down the line? What pays for Avengers is the success of all the ones beforehand, right? And then Avengers had such huge success that paid for phase two to keep going and, and, you know, building and building. They're not starting out strong. So I don't know if Sony's going to be able to do this. And then when you look at, you know, nobody's really what I mean, what other properties Sony have right now? I think it's Ghostbusters and that's it. I don't know what else they have. Uh, they, I don't know. Sony's got deep pockets. They probably have stuff that we're not even like recognizing. And you never know. I mean, there might be something. Hey, they're going to pull out a property that's you know hasn't been used in a while, and it'll end up being the next big thing. I mean, we don't know. If you were to go back to the two, you know, uh, to two thousand six, and said Iron Man was going to be the start of this multi-billion-dollar franchise, nope. I because I was like. All right, yeah. you know what? I know what who Iron Man is because I grew up reading comic books. The average person on the street has no idea who Iron Man is. And now, you know, he's everywhere. So I think that right now it's it's entirely possible. Uh, I'm not saying that it is going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled something out uh, from the archives that ended up being the next big thing. Who knows? Condor yeah. Man, the reboot. <laughs> <laughs> Puma Man. <laughs> well, funny enough, I was going through one of the videos I made the other day about Marvel, and I was I, I googled um, the worst superheroes, and I found like Asbestos Girl, and and Squirrel Girl, <laughs> and stuff. And again, it was kind of like seriously, somebody actually sort of went down this route. But then, like I say, in the future, like Cecil's just said, you never know that actually Squirrel Girl might be directed by somebody completely amazing and have a great story and actually be a, like a really yeah. great film. Sometimes something like that, yeah, if it's pulled off right. It's, it's yeah. the best girl. That's mm. the best. That's, that's the best. Girl. That's the best one. Like she, she, she gives you everybody and you get cancer. Have you ever so, heard so of... Did, uh, did you... Oh, no, I was going to say, did, of... you, did you actually defeat her? Well, no, give her six months, she's going to be dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have oh, you God. ever heard of a character called Maggot? I, yes. Yes, I, you know, I have, but refresh my memory. Maggot is uh, is a character in uh, he's he's affiliated with the X Men. Uh, he's a guy who uh, has these large sentient maggots that live in his chest and come out. <laughs> And they can eat like, and they they absorb like material and and gives him powers. And it is, uh, it, it's it. A lot of people will say that that is one of, if not the worst, uh, like X Men character. And there was a while ago where uh, they they had a um a thing where they were like, uh, I forget who I think it was one of the editors at Marvel or something was like. Uh, this is an irredeemable character, you know, it's garbage. <laughs> and somebody actually wrote a story for it that was <laughs> legitimately good. And they were like, no, it just takes a really good writer to be able to work with this. And uh, they did it. It was actually really good. Uh, it vote. sounds like one of those characters where it's kind of like, did you come up with that character last night? 
Oh, yeah. Um, he's called um, uh, Maggot Man, and uh, he's um, he's got, uh, uh, like, maggots, <laughs> you know, and just sort of it's, making it's, it up on the floor. It's basically like, Tata Carvey chopping broccoli, you know. Uh... <laughs> on a side note, when I was a kid, there was a, there was a uh, funeral brother or, or a funeral home business uh, about 30 miles away from me, and it was, no joke, the Maggot Brothers Funeral Home. <laughs> oh, not, my God. Yeah, it was not spelled you know, maggot, but it was pronounced that way. <laughs> oh, and they had TV wow. commercials and everything. I wish oh, you know, I, it was I th- too local to be like something you'd find on YouTube now, but I wished I could. But anyway, my, my vote for worst X-Men character is, um, what's his name? The one that his only mutant power was to be able to translate any language. That was it. Remember he was an X factor when uh, the X or yeah. yeah. What was his name? Cypher mate? No, that ain't right. It was, I thought you were going to say Captain Marvel. Well, she's not really a mutant. Yeah, she's no, 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 sorry. When you said about the like, worst a, Marvel characters. Yeah, she's an alien. Well, yeah. didn't you, well, you said, I think you said X-Men or mutant or whatever. Yeah, yeah new, oh, he, see, was right. one of the new, he was one of the new mutants. That's what it was. He was, uh, he, and he, his pal was the robot that had the legacy virus, and he ends up dying at, at like before the 90s started, but I don't remember. It's like he was so useless. And, I, and they knew, <laughs> I think he was invented to be useless. So he was always like, oh, I'm a, uh, the team, uh, what good am I? And then he gets killed and everybody's like, Ooh, you know. <laughs> yeah. you, you don't remember that? Am I the only one that remembers this, this guy? I, I vaguely remember. Um, I actually, in in the 90s and, and more, I'd read more DC and uh, other like oddball. Like I always was gravitating more towards the weird comics. Like as far as like mainstream stuff, I read a lot of, x-men and then i read pretty much everything dc but as far as comic books in general um i read uh, a lot of image i read a lot of dark horse i read a lot of uh like that stuff that was outside the mainstream because it was they were the ones that were taking chances and doing things differently and and they were just more interesting to me well uh, yeah that's, dark my, horse. that's my take on uh, I was going to say, that's my take on movies at the moment. That I'm kind of a bit bored with the mainstream. So I've been digging through some old 80s films that I haven't seen. And also, like anything by A24, as I keep saying, I keep I keep going on about A24. But the stuff they make, you just never know what you're going to watch. Well, I, I so I mean, that kind of that kind of takes me into In Search of Tomorrow. And I got... I, I've watched this. This is a, a documentary film that, that you're on, uh, Cecil, that goes through, it starts from 1980, and they go through some of the, the best hits through 1980. And you, you guys have done this with um, horror movies, and you've done this with action movies. And I don't know if there's going to be, I, I, I joke before the show, I says, you know, the problem with it, that at five hours, it's not long enough. Um, yeah. But... I, I got to thinking about all this because we, we center all our nostalgia on the 80s and we look at all these 80s uh, because, you know, I don't know it, whether it was the economy, whether it was, you know, for whatever reason, there was uh, maybe the technology finally got to a point that we could do these things or a combination of various things. But we had this creative explosion in the 80s uh, that is still you know, has ramifications to this day. I mean, they can't make anything without making it some property that probably came of age in the 80s. Is this uh, is this just uh, because today Hollywood is just bankrupt of ideas, they're too political, they're too corporate, whatever the reason, it doesn't matter. Or is this just one of those things that it was just the right time, the right place, and 
you have these, you know, like the Renaissance comes because, you know, because they're not having to fight the Black Plague anymore. It, it, you know, the, you, you have these creative explosions and then they die out. Is that a, is, is this a thing we're just going to have to live with or is, can, can it all come back again? Can we find this creative explosion again? Uh, I think it's kind of a, a weird mixture because um, I have a, a a take on it that I kind of just like discovered uh, part of the way through 2020 after like, you know, the virus had shut down everything. Um, theaters were, were just closing down. You know, movies weren't being able to be made because you can't have that many people together. Uh, and so theater, you know, um, studios were losing billions of dollars because they weren't releasing product. So uh, around uh, a few months in, uh, I was talking uh, on one of my streams where I was saying, I was like, look, buckle up, moving forward, uh, a lot of the smaller studios are either going to go out of business or are going to be eaten up by the larger studios. And what they're going to do is for the next few years, I don't know how long this is going to go on, but it's going to be at least a few years where you have studios that want 100% guaranteed return on investment. And what's the best way to do that is to do either a sequel, a prequel, uh, a reboot, a remake, uh, a late sequel. Nostalgia. Like some sort of existing property because they're, they don't want to take a risk because they've already lost too much money. So I think the next few years, as far as mainstream goes, we are going to be seeing a lot of redundancies of whatever stuff that they already own. They are going to be giving us a newer version of that property. Now, sometimes it'll work, uh, but most of the time it's just going to be nostalgia exploitation. It's going to be a copy paste remake of whatever. And they're going to make very little changes. The only thing that maybe will be different is the coat of paint. You know, we'll have new actors and new special effects and everything. Um, but I think as far as why the 80s was so successful was because there was that uh, it's kind of the opposite of that. You had everybody that was trying to make the next big thing. Uh, they were trying to make something creative. They were trying to make something unique. They were trying to make something cool. And now you they're not trying to make the next big thing. They're trying to make the thing that already exists so that they can have enough money to kind of continue business. When, yeah. when your studios all have the same attitude as Nick Cage, you get a lot of fun stuff, a lot of weird stuff. But, <laughs> hey, we want to try this. I'll do it. Go ahead. Here's the money. <laughs> It's funny as well, the whole, I mean, I've said this before, that with the whole thing with creativity these days, that it does seem to be lacking. If you look at something like TikTok, it seems like all the, the big people on TikTok are people who are just lip syncing and dancing to songs that already exist. They're not creating anything new. They're just like um, Cecil said, just putting a new coat of paint on it. And it's kind of, it's, it's you know, you do think to yourself, when is this bubble going to burst? that they are doing this at the moment. When is it going to come to a point where these big companies are going, do you know what? We can't produce any, any we can't, we cannot have Scream 27. Well, Nev Campbell say, died say that about 15 music. years ago. You can say that about music too, George, because yeah. every, everything is either boomer music up through 80s music. It's not, yeah. it's not anything new or recent. 
Funny enough, somebody was saying that about the the, the musical scores in movies as well is the same thing. That back in the day, you had these incredible scores that were written and you would walk out, you know, humming the theme tune to Star Wars or whatever it might be. And I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine about Man of Steel. And I I see Eggie Weggy is with us this evening, so (laughs) he's he's already on the defence. But with it, we were talking, he said, oh, the music in Man of Steel was really good. I said, hum me the theme tune. And nothing, but I said, I can, "Hum me the original." <laughs> good point, man. I can I can read I can do both because I think that actually Man of Steel I think is one of the cases where the the score for that was memorable. Like okay. like all I mean for for me personally I mean the the original yes, but I mean we're we're not getting uh you know the Raiders of Lost Ark themes and all that kind yeah. of anymore. Uh, we're getting because the the thing that's sad is. With a lot of the Marvel movies and everything, they do have really good scores, but they're very interchangeable. They're not memorable at all. And I think mm. that's, you know, that, you know, maybe. Except for Avengers. That's it. I honestly. Uh, no, that's... Captain America is. is it's you know, all right. Those are both Alan Silvestri. And he's an old school guy. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. The old school guys are the ones that you remember, not, you know. Joe yeah. Blow with his, you know. But by Apart the way, from, I mean, in, in the reverse of that, Wonder Woman, because in Justice League, every time Wonder Woman was on the screen, you heard her theme, <laughs> almost. Which well, I it, I liked. I I, I uh, am an unabashed love. I love the 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 Zack Snyder's. Um, oh yeah, no, like, no, 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 don't stuff. get me wrong. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not disputing that. Like I say, the Zack Snyder cut was. An incredible piece of work. It was fantastic. Cecil just gained uh, about five new subscribers for that statement from our audience. <laughs> I know, dude, I I have so many people that they want me to do an exploring video talking about the Snyder Cut, and I would love to, but like, holy, sh- that's going to take me like years. <laughs> yeah. But there is so much to get to to go through. I mean, I I mean, God, it took me six months uh, to put together the black hole video. Did it and... really take six months for that? Yeah, oh, dude, I so much. I mean, so much work digging through. I mean, that was uh, like that movie. That was a movie that was a decade before it finally happened. Yeah. Like they were, they you know, when when it was the initial idea until it finally hit theaters, and it was weeding through all you know. I like so many dead ends. Uh, so many people that worked on the film that are now deceased. Uh, it, you know, trying to get people, the director contradicting himself in in different interviews. Uh, <laughs> so it was really hard to kind of get that whole thing put together. By the way, in Morbius, uh, there is a scene where he's standing, sw- and bats are <clears throat> swirling around him, and they are playing almost exactly the same theme from Batman Begins. Mm. It's like it's, it's almost. It's, a, it's like it's uh, called a uh, It's called a homage. Homage, my <laughs> ass. That was a ripoff if I ever saw it. Uh, yeah, they like want. The, well, they uh, want their. It could have been. It could have been better. It could have been worse. It could have been. Dun, 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 dun. I, that would have been awesome, actually. <laughs> I tell you, the, the most, the, 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 off the top of my head, the most egregious example of that is the re- theme re- from uh, Reanimator and Psycho theme. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, like they they actually, uh, if memory serves, I think they did get sued over that. Um, but it is it is very play- and I I love um, you know Al- Albert Band I think is a really good composer, but I I think he just 
I don't know. Um, I think maybe he he uh, what is it? You know, veered a little cl- too close to the sun on that yeah. one because well, he says listen- that. I mean, he he's he's very open that it was meant to, you know, mimic it. So at least he's not like, what are you talking about? No, it's like <laughs> vanilla. Ice you don't it. understand my br- yeah. You know, yeah. mine is din 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 din. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know what? That won him. That won him the lawsuit, though. That there was an extra beat in there, and they said, "Yeah, it's not the same thing." It's crazy, but you know, well, that's the problem. Guys, I mean, the guys, Batman I got begins... an idea for a new channel called Good Bad Films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there actually, uh, there was when I when I first started and was trying to put um, like a name together, uh, I went with Good Bad Movies, but Good Bad See, Movies I, was, I was already. Right. Good bad movies was already taken, <laughs> so I I went with flicks. Like I I'm like all right, so it really was just kind of, uh, and now I get the oh can I can I curse on here? Yeah, yeah, of course you can. Okay, no, I'm just me. Uh, so I but I get so many people that are like, you know, your thing looks like good bad fucks, and I'm like, I know, I know, it looks like good. <laughs> it's good bad, uh, good. It was good, it was not clear. intentional. Yeah, that's your other chat, isn't it? George, George, I got a great idea for a porn parody. Good bad clits. What do you think? <laughs> I I've seen some. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring George's wife into this. <laughs> I've seen you some. You've, you've seen some in the theater? Like theater? <laughs> you know that scene where uh, Travis Beagle takes his date to the you know the Swedish sex manual? That was Cecil oh, and his wife's first. Was, oh, yes. <laughs> I'm just going to mention the I, I told you. I told you. Not pe- people say this is a great movie. A lot of, that, <laughs> a lot of people pay their dates to this one. <laughs> Um, so, I'm going to mention the chat because Aggie Wegg says, "Hey NGL, you, um, I can hum the Zimmer tune." Well, of course you can. That's because you're a total a, Man of Steel fanboy. Yeah, it's um, one note. What do you need? I don't understand. <laughs> and then um, Maddings has just said, "I'm pretty sure." Uh, where is it? Um, Aggie Wegg. They have broken the commercial event horizon with their guest. No more paying attention to the chat. Honestly, guys, if you, if it wasn't for you guys doing the chat then this stream would only be about four minutes long. So, no, keep, keep, keep the chat up, please. No, if it weren't for the chat, they keep us in check. Otherwise, we'd ramble on for like five Egg, hours. Eggie's got a great suggestion that I should start a channel calling it Good Bad Rape Scenes. And that's well, not a bad idea. No, see, we're not calling it that. Do, you could probably do several months. Oh, sorry, I was going to say it's, oh, no. it's non-consensual love scenes. That's sorry, yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to say, you could probably do uh, several weeks on uh, I Spit on Your Grave. I, oh, yeah, you know right. what? These, these guys should know that you are the fellow that turned me on to Thriller, A Cruel Picture. And I just introduced oh. him to this a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, they don't appreciate, they don't have taste like me and you, like good. You know, I, I really liked uh, it. I really enjoyed it. Now, did you see, did you see the, the version... Uh, with the explicit sex or without? I no, watched both, with, but with, I don't know about. Apparently. Well, I, was, the, I was pretty sure it was both. <laughs> well, I was okay, going to say, I was well, pretty sure it was quite explicit. <laughs> okay, well, the thing was, because uh, what happened was, the story with uh, was, um, as the, the real version of the film is the version without the like X-rated yeah. sex. Because what happened was, one of the Italian distributors thought that they needed to spice the movie up. So they inserted... <laughs> 
uh, inserted um, porn oh, from like really hardcore porn, really <laughs> yeah. hardcore. And honestly, it it kind of it's kind of a shame because I really think that I mean, you know I have I have no problem with porn, but I'm saying in the context of, of the movie, it, I'm <laughs> I, I think well, I'm, I'm saying I don't, you know, whatever it exists is I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm no, not, not out that there. kind of problem. He means it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh. He means he's run out of socks. It's, oh, it's, it's the one he's full of shame. That, he's saying that he has to, he's on page 972,000 on Pornhub <laughs> yeah. where he finds one that satisfies him. You're talking oh, here's... to the only man. You're talking to the only man who's ever completed Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> so far. Yeah. Binge watch. <laughs> but, I'm going anyway, yeah, to create a new channel. You guys got to be more poetic about it. I'm going to create a new channel called Welcome to the Pinball Table. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my God. I'm so jealous that I didn't think of that joke. <laughs> it yeah, was, so anyway. I did like it. What I did like about the movie of um, what was it called again? Thriller. We were just talk- yeah. Uh, what I did like about it was the death scenes. <laughs> They were they were great. The way every death scene was just shot straight on in slow motion, and oh, it was I I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was one of those films that was just it was great to watch. Cecil, wasn't there original some other cuts of the the fighting scene and they lost them or something? What what remind me about that? I... Yeah, there was uh, there was one uh, fight sequence that uh, they had shot that um, they had sent to the lab and the lab uh, just completely ruined the footage. And so they had to like leave it out and it was really a shame. So they, the only thing that they have, they have some still uh, shots from, you know, from production. Uh, But the whole scene was just, I think like there was somebody working at the lab that didn't know what they were doing and they exposed the negative, the light and it just ruined it and just destroyed, Mm -hmm. you know, that whole reel of footage and uh, so, yeah, so that was gone. So that was really a shame. Uh, the movie uh, suffered through so many problems like that. They had uh, production you know, problems, distribution issues, uh, r- later on rights issues because it was it had gone through so many different um, studios that like by the by the time it was coming out to home video and whatnot, like nobody knew who owned the rights. And you had people that were releasing it under different names. Uh, it was uh, I think it was in, in Europe. They were calling it Hooker's Revenge. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a movie that uh, I mean, it seems that there's still rights issues going on because I know uh, Severin and Vinegar Syndrome were both kind of uh, not fighting over it, but they both have released their own versions of the film. Like Severin well, and, and Synapse Films just released that blue, double uh, Blu-ray. Uh, oh, d- oh, wait, I'm sorry. Not Yeah, not Severin, uh, Synapse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Synapse just put the one out. That was the one that, that you had sent me. Thank you very much. Uh, but I'm, I'm still, I want to get the, the Vinegar Syndrome too. Uh, you know, just to have, cause I think they're going to have like, uh, some different interviews and stuff on theirs and, mm. uh, you know, which will be really cool to see, uh, more, more info out of this thing. It's actually a, it's a very interesting movie. And, uh, if you like, uh, those old like rape revenge films and you've never seen it, you really mm. should check it out. Uh, the eyeball, I, the eyeball slashing scene. It's worth the price just to see. The oh eyeball. yeah. You know, mm. it really mm. is. And cause, and that was, that was one that was really creepy because, they got a corpse and they so they used uh, an actual body to to cut the eyeball and it was it's so recent, it's, yeah, recent it's, suicide legend has it it was a girl that recently 
uh, committed suicide. Yeah. So Goodness. yeah, it's back back in the day when uh, you want to talk about movie filmmaking studios. was fun. Filmmaking, <laughs> they they took some chances. Desecration yeah. is such a gray area. I... Europe is so progressive, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but the thing that's weird is even in something like Poltergeist, uh, where they wanted to buy uh, for the for the pool scene where all the skeletons come up. Oh and yeah. They, they went to uh, they went to a prop store. They wanted to buy a bunch of skeleton props, and the plastic ones that you would sell to um, like medical schools were really expensive. And then they went and they found that if they bought actual skeletons, they were cheaper. So they said, "All right." So they just bought a bunch of skeletons. There's and a skeleton farm in India. People, actually, this is this is a this is a touchy subject yeah. because my uncle was in that poor scene. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 often wondered what happened to the body. <laughs> so so let me let me ask you, uh, Cecil, about good bad flicks. Now I have a theory. I wanna I wanna see if this is if I'm if I'm on the right track. But my theory is is that you somehow came in possession of a cursed video rental store with stacks and stacks of old movies in it. And you have to do a video once a week on one of these or else your children's souls will be sucked to hell. Am I close? Uh, I like it. It would make a pretty good movie. <laughs> uh, I think it's better than uh, there was uh, way back in in like the early two thousand tens when everybody was trying to emulate the nostalgia critic. Uh, you know, not shitting on nostalgia critic. I I no I like the guy, um, but uh, I'm saying that there were a lot of um, imposters. Uh, and his his shtick is, you know, he remembers it so you don't have to have to. And there were a lot of people that were trying to come along. And instead of doing their spin, they were trying to emulate him. And one of the worst that I remember was there was a guy who uh, he's like, OK, uh, what my idea for uh, reviewing movies? Uh, I am a a human that is from the future who gets sent back into the past and has to review movies, uh, the worst movies ever made or else he's going to get shot into the future. And they were like, well, wh what, you know, what about the movies that you're going to review? He's like, oh, I haven't really thought about all that yet. He's like, my character is more important. And it was just like, oh, God, that's no. Like, but that, that's that's like, like somebody, I was going to say, that sounds like me watching films from the 80s. <laughs> yes, you're yeah, from you know? the future watching movies yeah. in the past. Yeah, I've oh, watched the... films that were made in the past. So let me get this straight. He basically did Misty 3K, but he forgot the bit where they actually watched the movies. Yeah, he, he was like, he didn't have any idea. More than likely, uh, I imagine, he was probably just going to pilfer off of, uh, you know, he would go on, like, the IMDb's bottom 100 and would just pick from there and just, you know. Uh, but getting back to, to, to me. Uh, yes. As, <laughs> or, this is about okay. me, goddammit. More, import, more importantly, me. Uh, um, I had a few ideas when I was first, uh, like, starting out uh, in uh 2009 um i i have a background in uh, i was i was working as a video editor at a college here in uh in pennsylvania and um uh i was seeing the you know like angry video game nerd and 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 all them and a lot of them uh were there was a lot of other people who were taking movies from the time and were just shitting all over them 
And I kind of wanted to present something where I'm like, you know what? I love a lot of these movies that get a bad rap and I wanted to talk about them. And so uh, I had uh, asked a couple of my friends because I have friends from like all over the country. And I was like, hey, if I started like a review show where I talked about movies, would you guys watch it? And they were like, yeah. So uh, I did that. And initially, like I got like two, three views from people that I knew. And after a while, I started getting messages from people who I didn't know that were telling me how much they enjoyed what I did. And that's when I was like, oh, I'm I must be onto something. And, you know, I kind of expanded from there. Uh, I never like I, I, I don't go after specifically um, bad movies. I go after movies that I think are fun. I think are uh, have some sort of redemption to them. Uh, occasionally, I'll I'll go after something where it is notoriously uh, crapped upon. Oh, this movie is the worst movie ever made, and it's like, eh, no, it's really not. Uh, there are so like if you say like I always crack up when I'll get somebody that comes along and they're relatively young and they'll be like, oh, I just saw. Uh, I just saw nothing but trouble. It's the worst movie in the world. And I'm like, you need to see more movies. If you think that <laughs> yeah. That's the worst movie. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've kind of uh, gone the same direct. Well, I've kind of gone a little bit different direction, but I'm trying to tackle and I haven't done many of them yet. I'm trying to tackle movies that I feel like, like it seems like most of the internet does like the latest or the best movies ever. They'll, they'll talk about Godfather or star Wars or, newest movies that have come out things like that or they'll talk about really obscure or bad movies that are you know fun kind of a misty 3k kind of like what you do or, or something like that i'm trying to target what i call the overlooked which i'm targeting movies that i think were very solid maybe even semi hits at the time that everybody's forgot about um like i picked the ref or um uh, Punch Struck Love or Firefox with Clint Eastwood. You know, these movies I feel like are really solid movies that everybody's kind of forgotten. Uh, but they're not bad enough to be called, you know, these these cheap, fun, little, you know, low-budget things. And they're not big enough to be thought of in the same breath as a, a Star Wars or, or a big IP. So that's kind of my shtick. And then we're just here, we're just trying a lot of other things. Of course, we got the website where we're trying to be we're trying to be the new Ain't It Cool News when Ain't It Cool News was actually relevant. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say relevant. <laughs> yeah. You know, before he got me too and, and and the whole site was just him talking about himself most of the time. Yeah. Um, we'd like to get to that point where we're only talking about ourselves, but we got a long ways to go yet. So, you know. I, I You guys really think about it. I just focus on any movies with nudity in it. I know. <laughs> you got your niche. You go for it. You, you would love a movie called Halloween, uh, Hollywood High. Then, holy moly, that movie! Is I saw it. Like, hey, let's get these girls naked. What's the plot? What plot? Uh -huh. <laughs> I, I tried uh, to watch that based on your recommendation, Cecil, <laughs> and uh, you'll be hearing from my lawyer. <laughs> Hopefully, I, I, I should be. You should be sending me a gift basket. <laughs> I keep waiting for you to do a. Uh, do one on the van. I'm really surprised you haven't done that yet. I, I, the, the van is one, uh, there, I have been waiting for them. They, uh, the rights are in limbo right now. I've been waiting for a remastered copy of that because the copy that's out there is really muddy. Like I keep hold. That's one that I, I believe me, I want to do the, I want to do the van. Uh, but it's just, it's on there. Although, uh, this year I might be doing uh super van, 
which is came out of the uh you know the the fun trucking movies yeah. from the <laughs> 70s super van is a lot of fun but uh, the van the van is really a lot of fun too people the van is a lot of fun it, it, if you've never seen it, it it's uh it's fun danny a very early danny devito role as a matter of fact he's he's not the star but he is in it but it really is a lot of fun it's very funny it's not about and shoes it, right it's about actual van. it's it's, yeah, about, it's about actual vans it's about, it's about this, uh the van culture yeah okay it's this basically it's about this kid that graduates high school and buys a you know a decked out van just so he can hopefully get women in it and it kind of follows his his desperate you know uh uh incel almost they always <laughs> spray they always spray painted big old murals on the oh, side of great. vikings yeah. you know and things like that it's great he he's got some great lines in it too like there's not a woman around that doesn't love the sound of a zipper coming down and he thinks these are like <laughs> You know, he, he thinks these are like shore winds to get. Hang on a minute, I'm writing that down. He actually, he actually even gets kind of raped in the movie himself, where this chick he takes a chick back there and she just dominates him to the point where he's like, you know, I won't say he's not enjoying it, but he's clearly like very surprised that he, you know. But it's so fun, man! It's hilarious There's movie. Fear too. in his eyes, though. Almost, like he has the whole back of the van turned into a water bed, and it's. <laughs> It's great. It's it's it, it. You can watch it for free on YouTube. Somebody uploaded it years ago, and it's on there if you want to check it out. So I, I'm the same. I was, I was just going to say, sorry to interrupt. I was going to say the same as you. Saw that. I mean, I was I was raised on things like Plan Nine from Outer Space and that kind of thing, and you know, I I thoroughly enjoyed those. And I mean, some of those movies, they got to a point where they are kind of so bad, they're brilliant. They're so awful, but they're so thoroughly entertaining to watch. And I mean, I've, the, over the last year, I've gone through quite a few decent 70s and 80s movies, which people haven't heard of. Funny enough, one that you mentioned was um, on your site. It was a while ago now, but like Strange Invaders. Mm. It was great. And it was it was actually really decent. It was really sort of like decent story. I mean, the execution of it was pretty bad. And there's massive plot holes in there but again i was thoroughly entertained and and for me it was far more entertaining than some of the modern stuff i watch did, did you know that they made a, re, a recent within the last five years a remake of plan nine with uh what's that horror hostess name cecil uh uh mr uh, oh. oh jesus what's his name there that does that uh I know they did. They've they've actually done a lot of Plan Nine stuff over the years. They did uh, they did Plan Ten. Uh, they did a. Um, I I know. I oh I can't. I I know. It's a two thousand and six version. No, this is from just not that long ago, and and that the okay. horror a horror host that's pretty known and popular, and his name has completely slipped my mind. Josh knows him. He does some stuff with him on on his on that guy's website. Where the, what is it like the. Oh, oh, uh, oh, God, what's his name? Uh, it's like Mr. Um, oh, Scott oh. Nielsen. That's the only other one I can find here for Plan 9. It's just, I think it's just, yeah, it's not Plan 9 from Outer Space. It's just Plan 9, I think. Yeah, Plan, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Plan, yeah, just Plan 9 with uh, John Johnson. What is that horror host's name now? It's going to kill me. It's like Mr. Um, something. He, he looks like he's got a 70s haircut and a mustache, and he always wears a suit. Come on, guy, you two. You, you're useless. I, I, I am. I he sounds a man. Oh, Mr. Lobo. Mr. Lobo, that's it. Mr. Lobo. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, right, I found it. No, I've just found it. It was actually 2015. Yeah. I yeah. It was by John Johnson. You just said that. Oh, sorry. I was looking for <laughs> yeah. it. I was I was trying to help out. Thanks very much. I'm not bloody bothered next time. It's, yeah. It's, um, it's, yeah, you Josh, know. you know, uh, well, I did that thing with uh, for uh, what Beast with a Gun, I narrated that. Oh, yeah, you uh, should plug that while you're talking about it. Yeah, and, actually, yeah, that was, uh, I, I. it's funny. Um, I always offer to a lot of these studios and whatnot, I'm like, hey, uh, uh, you know, if you ever need uh, some, some voiceover or narration or something, I'm like, I'd be happy to. Like, there's a lot of smaller, like, boutique um uh like dvd uh, blu-ray dis- you know redistribution houses uh and so you know i did that one uh i did the commentary for light blast um i wanted to do the the commentary for rats nights of terror but uh peter and josh did that one um i've i've reached out to a few studios and and they they don't always take me up on it i'm like look i'm i'm cheap <laughs> <laughs> Get yourself a Fiverr account there, Cecil. Come on. I, I know, right? <laughs> I will do a commentary for your movie That's for right. five dollars. <laughs> the, 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 the one of the funniest things he's ever done was the was like a blooper reels at the end of a movie he did called uh, was it Death Dream? And and this guy comes up to her uh, in the bar yeah. and he's like he says something to her. And she gets mad and throws a drink and and Cecil sort of uh, comments over his alternate takes and he's like. Nice legs. What time do they open? Uh, you'd be pretty with makeup, and it just plays over and over. Quick cut, and it's one of the funniest things on YouTube. I, don't... I did all the worst pickup lines because he goes up and, and she just slaps him right in the face, and so you know walks up. Worst, uh, worst my... pickup lines. I'm writing these down. Yes, my baloney has a first name. It's L A R G E. Whack! Just every time, you know, yeah, I did like thirty of them. People were howling. Oh, it's so funny, dude! I like that. Was like, is your is your dad a cement mixer? Because you're making me hard. <laughs> and he like walks up and whispers it right in her ear while she's sitting at the bar, and then she just—it's so funny. Just and he him. cut it too, because it's like cut, cut one right after the other, and it makes it. You just. I you want know. you. I want you to take that those all those lines, and I want you to put them. Um, right before Will Smith smacks Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> that's, that's a video. A, that's a good idea. That um, be- on, just coming back to the chat, um, uh, Curtis has just said that he tried to watch Moonfall thinking it may be horrifically bad and it would be funny, but nope, I even failed in that category. It's, and Aggie said, is Moonfall worse than Venom 2? Yeah, I'd say it was. Moonfall was pretty... Was pretty how pretty you, awful. How do you screw up the idea of the moon being a giant uh, structure that was man-made and that is crashing into the earth? Oh, is that the? How do you that screw that premise? up? Well, you see, I, 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 when I, I didn't see any of the traders or anything for it. I saw it pop up and I thought I'll give it a go because I do like I say I've got a bit of a soft spot for Roland Emmerich. I mean, like I say, his films are bad, but they're I find them entertainingly bad. But this one was. I just kept thinking, how if the Earth is going to cra- if the Moon is going to crash into the Earth, how can they stop this? And so they make it into a basically a giant mega structure, a sort of giant spaceship that was built by humans millions of years ago. That'll and it just, ah, oh, and it, it just it was it was bad, but it wasn't so bad. It was good. It was just bad. 
um, all the way through. I felt really, really, hot, really awful for all the actors, especially <laughs> Michael Peter. I thought he was completely wasted. It, was there a bunch of cities bummer. that get destroyed? Uh, yes. Well, then what did uh, you expect? Bad. You got you got exactly what to advertise for a Emmerich movie. What do you want, man? Well, well yeah, but he reused all the seeds story. from 2012. And yeah. He figured did nobody saw see, that. Did you see Geostorm? I watched some of it and was like in and out. What you know, like uh, I don't know. I I wa- I went in like sometimes, like like you were saying about Moonfall. You want just a big dumb action movie. Yeah. And Geostorm yeah. for me, I thought that absolutely fit the bill. I was like, you know what? I wasn't expecting this to be the Godfather. I wasn't expecting. <laughs> I wanted I wanted st- stuff to blow up. I wanted there to be some kind of conspiracy. I wanted uh, 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 Gerard Butler running around punching people, and I got all of that. I thought. That- <laughs> movie was it's not it's not a great movie by any stretch but it is an entertaining movie absolutely and that's that's the thing at the end of the day that there are a lot of films out there and sometimes there's a there's a um you guys may not have heard of him there's a um movie critic over here called mark commode and he's one of these yes. people that just oh god i can't yeah. stand him but he overthinks yeah, well, but he just overthinks everything. I'm sure he looks for the hidden meaning in Dumb and Dumber. It's just kind of, <laughs> no, you don't need to look for the hidden meaning in Dumb and Dumber. It's a stupid story about two stupid people, and that's it. That's you know. And if you just watch it as that, I love Dumb and Dumber. I think it's a great. I think it's a very underrated comedy. But like I say, there are some people that just overthink these things, and sometimes, funny enough, on the list of sort of '80s movies, I, I did watch because it came up the other week. Um, Spaced Invaders again by. That's um, a good movie. Yes. And do you know the what? I, I... <laughs> oh, the, the um, we're going to destroy the humans. We're going to destroy. I'm going to grave that on your tombstone. And prepare to die, Scott. Prepare to die. I'm going to carve yeah. that yeah. on your tombstone. I love that line every time I hear it. I love that. And movie. with it though, it was. I mean, obviously, it was a kids' film from the fact that when these aliens first turn up and he takes his helmet off and he's wearing 3D glasses and it's just like. Where the hell did he get them from? And if you start overthinking it, you're obviously not going to enjoy that film. But because it was a stupid, dumb kids film, it was great. And like I say, that's what movies need to be. They need to be entertaining. Yeah, Absolutely. It was nice to see Doug Barr getting work after the fall guy, too. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, nobody remember. You know what? We're probably the only four hey. watching this or will ever watch this that would even get that yep. or understand it. With. Hey, I, I like the deep cut. Bastard, you old bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of gray beards. Yeah. I'm a gray goatee. Thank you. Uh, uh, yeah. we, it, it was only a few weeks ago we had to remind Drunken Yoda not to use the expression when advertising the website. It's colon. That's right. Look, I, uh, no, I cut my teeth on Apple twos. What do you want? <laughs> Cecil, it's on that. shut up, you two. Uh, <laughs> Cecil, so I, I, I told you before the show started that I've been a longtime subscriber of your of your channel, and then I discovered you on a on an old site called the Agony Booth. And about that time, I think that what what got me going is that you've made, and they're they're still I think very popular videos on your on your channel or some of the, the highest ranking ones uh one of them was called what what happened to pg-13 
Another one was what happened to movie posters. And the third one was what happened to movie trailers. And I think you brought up a lot of good points like uh, that, you know, you, you really kind of like on the movie posters one, you really figured out, you know, the teal and orange or putting words in front of the faces or somebody's you know, <laughs> half turned looking over their shoulder. And so I've, I've kind of like looked for these things now because I miss the old paintings that they used to do in the 70s mm. and everything. The, the only thing wrong with movie posters back in the day was like this would look so much better than what was actually in the movie. But uh, <laughs> do you do you think there's been any changes in, in those three things? Do you think they've gotten worse, better? Um, anything you've noticed that you'd like to update um, from that? Uh, okay, well, I'll go. I'll go through each one. So sure. I'll start off with with uh, movie posters. Uh, the movie posters, uh, I think um, they they haven't really gotten any better. They're really about the same. They just focus on whoever the star is. And actually, I think they have gotten worse in the sense that um, when they're re-released. Uh, for streaming or uh, if they you know if a new studio puts them out uh, on on DVD or blu-ray or whatever they for whatever reason uh, will change the cover and it will always be terrible it'll be some really bad Photoshop of like the lead actor and uh, as somebody pointed out the other day they were like uh, they were showing the new cover for uh, Planet of the Apes and it was the last scene of the movie and it's like, why would you put like, why would you ruin the movie <laughs> on the cover of the freaking, you know, uh, you know, tape? And it's just ridiculous. So I think that um, that's really a shame. Uh, the, the when you go to streaming now and you look up uh, various movies, uh, they don't have the posters anymore. A lot of times they just have like a clip from uh, like a little still from the movie or something with the name of it. And I really think that that's a disservice because you're you're not getting that eye-catching scene from the movie. Like there well, have me, been let some. Let me interrupt that you there. Do you think that yeah, yeah. streaming streaming is you know these well like if you go through Netflix or you go through some of these things, you get this little tiny square on your phone because a ton of people are watching stuff on their phone or their tablets, and you you only have this little box that you have to put something in. And if you have like like a Star Wars poster, which has just so much stuff going on it, and you shrink it down to that small. Do you think that's part of the reason that they just want to, you know, it's, I've, I've really gotten educated on YouTube thumbnails, you know, and I think it's kind of the same mindset. You got to get people to see and click on your on your thing. Is that what's affecting Should it? we put an emoji on there? Should we put an emoji? On oh, the, shut on up the, about the, the emoji, poster? George. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Well, it, I'm a uh, whore. I'll be a whore. It's what it gets people to click. I don't care. <laughs> I it. I kind of I, I feel you on that. Actually, um, I I've had numerous people that tell me you know you need to do uh, your your thumbnails differently. Yeah. Uh, you need to put you know uh, somebody somebody making like the the Home Alone face and and the the emoji <laughs> crying and yeah. what uh, yeah. you know what and and I just and I'm like you know what no. I'm like I I've got my brand, you know, uh, you know it it's it looks like good bad fucks, uh, but uh, it has the poster <laughs> on the left, and I'm like, and that's kind of the way that I've done it all these years, and I've been fairly you've been successful. successful. And you've already got a big oh, yeah. audience, so I don't think it, you know. But yeah. if you're trying to establish an audience, you're if you're trying, trying to, to establish one, but the thing is, I would probably get a lot more growth because, and I'm like, yeah, but 
But I don't know necessarily, like, you know, is that one of those things that I want to do? Because it really kind of goes against yeah, what I'm makes, talking about. You know? It makes me wonder if you'd actually lose a few subscribers if you did that. Because people would be like, oh, God, he's turned into, you know. Well, I lose subscribers over the dumbest things. Yeah. Uh, that, like, I gave uh, I gave old a positive review and I lost subscribers. You know, wow. so. and. People, but people are, you know, people are yeah, going to bail. Yeah, yeah, like, man, whenever... I, I, you really hurt me on that one. I got to tell you, <laughs> I did. you hurt me in my soul on that one. No, no, I lost you too. But like my whole thing is, uh, I understand that people are going to have different, uh, you know, you're going to like stuff, you're going to dislike stuff. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I want to be entertaining. And if you find 90% of my stuff enjoyable and maybe you don't agree with 10%, why are you going to leave? Okay, you know, but... I, Getting Speaking back of to that, the... you were wrong. You were wrong on the new uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, by the way. Oh, I was. Have, yeah. What did you like? You well, liked it? I didn't, but it's a oh, conversation we'll have to have off the air. Yeah. I'll oh, tell okay. You why. I'll tell I, you I don't why. think it's as I don't think it's as bad as as you thought it was, and I I'll be honest with you. I think maybe your your review lowered my expectations so much that when I actually watched it, I was going, "It's gonna." I thought this was gonna be a lot worse. I'm kind of disappointed though. Um, yeah. Maybe but, if you, it, I'll tell you why later, and then maybe you can yeah. rewatch it again later and with a new and be like, oh, okay, I see it now. Yeah. You know, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I kind of get some things about, but I mean, I just was going off of my initial, uh, you know, I watched it and then I sat down and recorded my thoughts. So mm. uh, that that's kind of when I'm doing those things. Um, but oh, what was the other? Oh, um, you... I also want one quick thing. Uh, whenever I would put up a trailer or, you know, in search of darkness in search of tomorrow, uh, I would get people that would tell me that they were unsubscribed and I'm like, well, okay, that's, <laughs> all right, I understand, but how else am I going to let people know that this is out there? Yeah. That, like, uh, that, that's ridiculous to me. Why? You know, yeah. I, 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 if people counted on that, those I... trailers to tell me how close it was getting for God's sake. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I put out like, you know, I, I put out like 50 uh, movie reviews or, you know, 50 plus a year. And every now and then uh, I put out a trailer for this documentary series that I'm very proud of that I worked on that I would like people to buy because uh, we put a lot of work into this. And like, I don't understand when you get people that are like, you know, oh, I, I subscribe for your content, not for trailers. And I, I'm like, well, you clicked on the video. It says trailer. In the, if you didn't like it, you didn't have to watch it and comment and tell me that you didn't like it. I, I just I don't get that. It's it really weird to me. So getting Worst back movie to review oh, oh yeah, moving back to the, the, the moving back to the mood posters. Yeah, because uh, yeah, are think... they getting YouTube? Are they getting YouTube uh, ideas in their head that they have to make these these thumbnails in Netflix with the same ideas that we use for YouTube? Is that what's happening here? Sadly, I think that that's what's happening, and I think moving forward, uh, it's just going to get worse because we're getting more and more stuff that is headed towards streaming, so they want to make something that is eye-catching, but the problem is, for me, um, you, they're all just kind of looking the same. They're, okay, well now, all right, well you want to do the eye-catching thing, well now... It's all just a, a frame from the film, the name of the movie, or if they're, you know, if you're getting your uh, streaming things, it's all, you know, emojis and frowny faces and screaming people, and it's just, it's, it sucks. Well, and I, I agree want creativity. that it sucks. I, I agree that it sucks. But to, to take the devil's advocate point here, the the main advertising for movies back in the seventies and eighties was 
the trailer in the movies and the movie poster of the coming soon, right? Radio, it's a, it's no, a six some point, pretty pretty good radio spots for movies in the 70s. There were, but I mean, as far as, mm-hmm. as far as the movie poster artwork and everything, you had a very large canvas on a wall, you know, like a four by six or, or a three by four, however, whatever the dimensions are. And you would, you, you could get a lot of artwork in there, but it, it was a broad enough canvas you could do that. When's the last time you actually took a look at the movie posters in the actual theater anymore? I, I don't That's see true. very many. Uh, they may have those yeah, big sure. stand-ups sometimes, but those are just kind of a a funky my way local of doing theater, the... My local theater has them, but you know they're all yeah. so bland and, and repetitive. Who they are. You know, that's the reason you don't look at them. It's not because... Because, because they have to conform to about eight, 80 different types of maybe a small thumbnail, maybe a wide one for a, for a banner. You have to have all these different ways of putting it out there for people to, you know, to websites like us to put it put it up on the on the banner page or to have netflix have it or all this kind of stuff and i, I i'm kind of like on i can see why this becomes a very expensive thing if you have a very custom piece of artwork but i still don't think that that means that they can't make something that looks better than what it is well that would require effort and <laughs> a lot of them agreed <laughs> they don't they don't want to put any effort into it because the thing is when uh, the whenever the company Netflix, Amazon, whenever they acquire said product, uh, their job is to take that and put it up on their site. Um, and so they're they don't have to invest in the advertising for it. So they're just doing the bare minimum. They're just taking a, a still from it or they're taking uh, some advertising that maybe the studio presented them with and they're just putting it out there. And whether people watch it or not, is almost like it doesn't matter to them. Now, they want people to watch their stuff. So if you see uh, the Amazon uh, or Netflix product, uh, whatever it is, has a little bit more effort put into the thumbnail versus the movies that they acquire. Because all of these uh, streaming services, uh, Amazon, Netflix, HBO Go, all of them, uh, their end goal is they want to own everything that they're showing because then they don't have to license it anymore. That's why Netflix gets mm. less and less of their own, uh, less and less of other people's content and more and more of their own content. So stuff that they either buy the rights for or stuff that they make themselves. And so that's when you look at that, you'll see that a little bit more effort goes into it than the stuff that maybe they acquired from Universal or MGM and they only have it for like a year. Because uh, they don't want people, they want to draw people in with that, but they want people to stay because they can watch whatever uh, whatever they've actually made themselves. So I'll tell you an interesting thing to that is, um, it, and I don't even know what it means necessarily, but you look at when when Netflix releases something on home video, uh, like a disc. So you look at the artwork and the trouble they go through on the Stranger Things uh, season mm-hmm. box head, whatever you want to call it. I mean, they make it look like a VHS. They got, you know, original artwork. They make it look really nice. And uh, so it's like they, know, you know, somebody somewhere knows that there's a, that there's people that still want this sort of thing, right. you know. It's, <clears throat> it's strange you say that because <clears throat> I watched the other day uh, Belfast by Kenneth Branagh. I think I mentioned this the other day. But <laughs> I had it... <clears throat> Kenneth Bernard. Um, but that was I, the copy I saw, I streamed it in 4K. And 
the problem that I had with it is it was set sort of in the 70s, set sort of late 60s, 70s, but it was shot in black and white to make it, you know, sort of feel old. But it was too clean and it looked too perfect. And the 4K is lovely, don't get me wrong, like, you know, with an animated film and everything else, the 4K always looks amazing. But it, for this, it just didn't work. And then I think we were talking about it compared to like Licorice Pizza, how with Licorice Pizza, it feels like a 70s movie that was shot in the 70s because it, whether it was shot on film or whether it was shot on digital and then he, he, he sort of um, added, you know, uh, the effects to, to make it look old. But the whole film with Belfast, I just, it felt wrong watching it in 4K. It yeah, is but- kind of weird seeing uh, some of these movies in 4K. It's a little... They are a little too like I like the fact that we're getting a lot of these movies restored, but some of them, oh, yeah, the, yeah. the grit is part of like, I don't want to watch something on VHS. I don't want something that that's muddy. But when you're getting a lot of these movies that uh, you're, you're seeing in a 4K, you are seeing a lot more of the imperfections. You're seeing the makeup you're seeing. Yes, uh, yeah. You know, a lot so, of the yeah, special effects don't actually look that good in 4K when they're in that much detail. Yeah, I think like uh, for some movies, I don't think they need to go beyond uh, beyond 2K because, uh, yeah, 4K, it's great, but it, it does just kind of take a lot. take some of the 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 magic away, I guess you could say. Mm. Um, but I, I don't know, like I still lean a lot more towards a lot of those old movies because everything that they put into them is physically there. And uh, I'm actually. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been talking to a lot of um, CG artists because uh, one of my big things was I was always saying how uh, I'm very uh, not anti CG, but I'm anti bad CG. And yeah, I'll, I'll I completely there's a whole yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff <clears throat> there that um, is going to be another video where I'm talking a lot about that, um, where, uh, like the, the, the differences between good CG and bad CG and uh, a lot of stuff that people don't even realize. So, uh, cause people are like, Oh, you hate CG. And I'm like, no, I, I hate lazy <laughs> CG because you have these directors that come in, um, that like, they just think that, uh, you can just fix stuff on the fly. They'll shoot it all in camera and they're like, okay, well I want this to be this now. We'll fix that like, post. Yeah, we'll it, fix it in post. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. you, you do know that, like, the movie's coming out in, like, two months. Like, <laughs> well, you know, we, I, we, it's funny you should say that because I'm, like, watching, well, my wife was watching last night this movie called Deep Water. Uh, I didn't really watch it. It's with Ben Affleck. And it's, it's one of those I, weird... I watched it and reviewed it for the site. Yeah, not very good. Uh, yeah. But there was a moment in there, like, I would never want us to go to optical compositing again. Uh, it's 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 very hard to do digital compositing. Absolutely, you need to do it. But there was a scene in there where they were in the car, and it was so blatantly that they were in a uh, you know, a set car surrounded by green screen, and the and the compositing was so bad. I'm like, it's not that hard to do halfway decent compositing anymore. And on on a Ben Affleck you know starring vehicle, I mean, there was obviously some money put into this movie that it was that bad. That I'm I'm like. That's where I get irritated with CG. It's like you have the tool, you just tweak a, a few things, you put a little extra time and effort into it, and it should look fine, and yet you screw that one minor little scene up that badly. That, that's the bit that I always hate. Is I, I Again, I said this the other week, how now every 
film has to have like some convoluted shot where you fly up the actor's nose and down his sinuses and through his intestine and out his ass <laughs> just just because you can and it's just kind of i mean transformers was the same it was kind of like when whenever um optimus prime was changing or whatever it was kind of yeah, get on with it then, mate. You know, and it's like, and it seems to go on for like five minutes, and it's just kind of, no, just change. You know, we yeah. know you're gonna what you're gonna change. But can they get, get the composite shot in the car right? No, that's boring. We yeah, want to work on that. You know, and, uh, Cecil Chat wants to know what you thought of the grainy look of the new Batman movie. Oh, you know what? I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I'm gonna watch. I'll be seeing it on the 19th when it uh, hits HBO Max. Um, I I don't know. Um, I. I am curious because I, I want to see it because I like the director and I think that Robert Pattinson has proven himself to be a really good actor. Uh, although there will always be a tinge of, uh, I don't want to say disgust, but and probably irritation because I, you know, I think the, the Ben Affleck Batman would have been, uh, would have been just fantastic, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see, uh, you know, ch check back in a couple of weeks and I'll, I'll, t I'm probably going to, I'm, I'm actually not probably, I'm going to have a review of it when, uh, when it, it comes out. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested to see it, uh, but spoilers, when he starts a cooking show, it's really comes out of left field. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so you want well, to talk about uh, the other, the, the, so the, the PG-13. So the and trailers the, and the PG-13. So the trailers 13. is kind of, to me, kind of the same problem as the movie posters, which is just similarity. So everybody just copies each other. Nobody has. I guess that was, I guess it was happening in the 90s. I mean, every, every, mm -hmm. in a world, in a world where. Yeah, uh, uh, I I've <laughs> talked to I've talked to a few uh, you know editors over the years, and uh, essentially what it comes down to is um, they get um, because they start marketing the movie before the movie's even finished. So what happens <laughs> yeah. is uh, the editors get fed uh, footage from the film. They get sent like the dailies and a lot of and they and what they their job is basically to take the best looking picture, the best looking scenes and throw that together and make the trailer. And the problem is, is that in one of the biggest cases was Twister where, uh, the, the stuff that they had ended up not being in the movie because, uh, it just, it, it didn't make the cut for whatever reason. I so you get a lot Justice of people that League guys are still having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't in a movie. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there was that. Uh, and then you have somebody like Harvey Weinstein, who uh, he didn't think that the trailer for uh, Black, the the original remake of Black Christmas back in uh, the early 2000s, not the, the more recent, really bad one, uh, but the one from, I think it was 2006, where he didn't think that it was exciting enough. So they went back and he did some forced reshoots with somebody who wasn't the director and shot scenes that were absolutely like that. There's mm. a difference between putting in scenes that were shot with the intention of being in the movie, but then just got mm. cut for whatever reason to intentionally shooting scenes that were never, ever going to be in the movie. <laughs> and I mean, that's lying to the audience. That is specific. That is, that's you know, I remember the, the girl under the ice water trapped under the water. That that's, I, I think that in that, in that's from that yeah. one, where she's like, yeah, under the, the girl, ice. The yeah. girl on the ice, uh, one of them gets pulled into uh, a wood chipper that has like Christmas lights on it. And I mean, they were very visually cool. 
But that was the whole point of it because they they didn't have to fit into the movie. They just said, "Hey, let's just do this really cool thing," and and uh, you know that'll get people into the theaters. And it, it didn't work. Uh, and it, it made people mad. And uh, it's a shame because I actually think that uh, it is uh, it is a really fun. Uh, and I adore the original. The original is one of my all time favorite movies. But I think that the remake is uh, is quite good. And then the the other remake, well, terrible. Uh, the other remake is so bad. But uh, yeah, I think trailers. Um, they haven't learned anything. Uh, they're going to continue to be terrible. Um, they're going to continue to spoil movies. And that's why, uh, in general, now I've gotten to the point of where um, I will read a quick synopsis or I'll watch like mm. maybe the first 15 seconds of a trailer and kind of make my judgment on that because any more than that, and they're going to just, they, they can't, they, they can't control the, the stuff. Yeah. They're like, hey, guess what? Guess who dies? Guess who? And it's like, oh, why did you show that in the trailer? Now, to, or now to be my fair, favorite, somebody's dead, com- and then they come back. And, uh. to be Coming fair. this summer, you can find out who Luke Skywalker's father is. It's Darth Vader. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and to be fair, given like the state of movies, too, it's like they only have so much to work with. I mean, every single fantasy or superhero movie, somebody's going to say the world is changing. The world is coming undone. It's like, how many times can you do that? You know, why can't the world just stay the way it is? Jesus. <laughs> in a world or in a town. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's I, I think that um, I think what you're talking about there, Yoda, is uh, just a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've there been watching are, more of those I mean, lately, coincidentally. Uh, I'm sure, God, who knows? I mean, as going back to the In Search of Darkness thing, I mean, we, you know, we did action, we did horror, uh, we did um, sci-fi. There's going to actually be a, uh, I know you said five hours was was not long enough. There is going to be a part two. Yes! There's, uh, oh, and and what I was going to, what I didn't talk about earlier, about what I was telling you before the show, um, COVID benefited um, in search of tomorrow because we started shooting that three and a half years ago. And when COVID happened, uh, cause we had at, there were a lot of people we asked, uh, you know, to be in the documentary that initially said no. And then COVID happened and Hollywood essentially shut down and we called them back and we're like, Hey, you want to be in this doc? <laughs> and they're like, well, I got nothing else to do. Sure. <laughs> so it ended up benefiting us that we had a lot of actors, actresses, people that like were previously ridiculously busy that were able to fit us into their schedule. And so I think that um, while, uh, you know, COVID definitely did fuck up a lot of things, um, it it ended up benefiting uh, in, in Search of Tomorrow. So uh, that was really, really cool. I don't think we wouldn't have gotten like Paul Verhoeven and, and uh, you know, uh, Peter Weller and stuff, if not for that. So when they were. I'm sorry. How much was your involvement? I mean, were you out there shooting stuff or did you just do a few interviews or did you edit? I mean, how much was your involvement in this? Uh, I actually had more involvement with the In Search of uh, Darkness thing. Uh, In Search of Tomorrow was more. I mean, even though uh, I love horror sci-fi and all that, uh, more people kind of know me from horror. So that's really where I, you know, my bread is buttered, so to speak. So I had more involvement with the In Search of uh, Darkness ones. Uh, As far as In Search of Tomorrow, uh, I really just kind of offered up my, like, suggestions, uh, people who I thought that uh, we should uh, talk to. um, And I did, you know, they they interviewed me um, for that. And so I really didn't have 
uh, as much involvement in that. Like that was a whole uh, they had, you know, their whole they had two uh, crews that were recording all the interviews and uh, and all that stuff. Uh, so in the In Search of uh, Darkness, I had off, you know, I had offered uh, editorial suggestions. I had offered, uh, you know, stuff to talk about. I, I connected them with with some of the um, some of the people who uh, they interviewed. Uh, you know, I I did a, a lot more of my involvement in, in that. And then, you know, with the um, uh, with the special edition of part two, um, I did a lot more interviews. Uh, I uh, talked a little bit more about my history and stuff. And so that's really more. And then part three, uh, we're still shooting in search of darkness. Part three. I don't even know how much of me is going to be involved in the final cut, but I do know that, uh, oof, I, I did probably about three hours worth of interviews. And so, uh, <laughs> so I have a feeling that there might be and, and I mean, and, and the part three is talking about, the like like part one we did a lot of the mainstream horrors we did nightmare on elm street we did friday the 13th we did halloween and then part two we did a lot of like the international stuff we did uh, kind of branched out part three is like the bottom row at your uh, video <laughs> mom and pop video store we're talking about the very bizarre uh movies the, that have been overlooked and or have a very small niche audience and so i have a feeling i'm probably going to end up being in that one quite a bit because of that just sounds, my, that my, my that pedigree Hey, yeah, you, no, they, I'm I, the same, I wondered, what, did they interview those guys when a lot? Because there's a lot of uh, the same people and and some of the action and stuff. I did they uh, have a plan that far back to where they were like, okay, we're done talking about horror. Now, now let us ask you some stuff about these action movies because it seems like some of them are wearing the same clothes, and <laughs> you know, from one. And I'm like, they must have been like, you know what, we're going to try to do action horror sci-fi so let's get these guys uh, uh, you know get some footage of that just in case did they do you as far as you know do you know if that's how they did that because it seems like they must have went in there and been like let's get as much as we can on several topics and and you know we can re try to use this across a few different documents well i know the why well, I, I will tell you the the action one uh was not like the action one was kind of supposed to be a one-off like that mm -hmm. one uh ali did that uh, he originally, you know, met with with Robin, who was the executive producer, and they kind of put that together. And really, the the feedback from that was so big was when they decided, okay, this is really popular. What if we did horror? And so that was when they reached out to me, and it kind of went from there. So really, um, the footage from the action one, like they had no idea they were going to do any more. Like they just shot that to be its own thing. Now, as far as some of the other ones, I do know, uh, what happened was, uh, when, when they interviewed, uh, Corey Taylor from Slipknot, uh, for, uh, in search of darkness, uh, and then he got interviewed for in search of tomorrow. I do know that what happened was they, they, uh, were interviewing him and he's a guy who loves to talk. So he was talking horror for a couple of hours and they were like, Hey, what are you doing? And he's like, I got nothing planned today. And he's like, you want to do, you know, you want to talk about the, the sci-fi stuff now? And he's like, yeah, let me just go get a different shirt. So he got up and he put on a different <laughs> shirt, came back and then they interviewed him for a few more hours for, you know, for his hit. stuff for exactly for <laughs> in search of tomorrow. Uh, I do know, uh, that they did, uh, some of the actors, actresses, you know, pr directors, whatever, um, that we were able to interview, we did interview them. And, uh, as you would suspect, sometimes things went off the rails. We were talking about one thing and they were like, Oh, I want to tell you about this, but it didn't work. Um, 
for that particular movie. Like you've got a director uh, who did horror, who did sci-fi, who did the, you know, you did John Carpenter who did so many different things. So we're like, well, we don't want to waste this footage. So they, they took, you know, that interview and then they put it in, uh, in search of tomorrow or whatnot. So it wasn't so much that they were thinking ahead that they can uh, recycle footage or, or take footage from this and put it in that. It was just that, Hey, this is really good stuff. We know the audience would want to see it. And even if they are, you know, even if it's obvious that uh, they're they're this was the same taken from the same interview, it's not the same material. So uh, so that's how it kind of wound up in in different, you know, in the different things. And honestly, it would just be uh, it would be redundant to be like, hey, we're going to go back and and interview you again on stuff that we already talked to you about. Yeah, uh, that's kind of what I've kind of what I figured is that it was it was either like. Well, we we we're doing this, but we if it's successful, we're going to do this and this. Can you touch on those subjects too? Or it was a case of like you said, you know, they just got talking and they were like, save it all and we'll we'll use it later, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had some guys who uh, were just more than happy to keep talking, which was awesome. You want you know you want that relaxed atmosphere, you because that's when you get some of the best uh, stories because they're like, hey, I'm going to tell you this, and it's like, oh wow, you know, no one's ever said that before. <laughs> And it's this is great. off the record, though. Don't you record it? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, we, we did. We did have a few of those. I was going to say, how like... much how much footage can you use to really blackmail and pad the bank account for, <laughs> you know, the next one in search of laughs or whatever you're going to do next? You know. Uh, well, we're doing um, we're we're doing in search of darkness. Or I'm sorry, we got in search of darkness two. Uh, that or sorry, Search of Darts three, which is filming right now. I know, but God, there's so many. Uh, in Search of Darkness three, uh, which hopefully uh, we'll have out before the end of the year. Uh, we got we're we're gone in Search of Tomorrow uh, two. I don't know when that's going to start. I know they're looking into one. Uh, I think they're calling it the Nightmare Factory, which is going to be about uh, Giallo films. Oh, um, I can't. Oh, that's uh, that's what I wanted to hear. That's going to be really cool. I know they're doing the FPS one. They're doing it on video games. Uh, they're doing. Uh, there's a super secret one. I can't talk about that. Um, rape scenes. I'm, Please. I'm be invo- rape scenes. No, it's not rape scenes. <laughs> oh. But it's. Uh, it's, it's you really need to in- talk to him. Cecil, yeah, really, I think you really. We tried you, to have an intervention and it yeah, just didn't work. It's you need you need therapy. You, you can't need, you can't do an intervention through Skype weirdly. So and right, no, turn your camera back on. Turn it on. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then we're doing in search of darkness nineties. Now, uh, whether or not there will be enough material to do uh, a trilogy, I don't know. Uh, but we're basically going to do a part one and then we're going to see how it does. And then, uh, you know, we will go from there. So but I mean, I know the the uh, the support has been amazing and the audience has just been loving them. And uh, right. there's, not a, dull, there's not a dull minute in any of them. No. They're all fascinating. Every the thing the thing that annoyed me so far is firstly, I've made a note of into Dar- um, in search of darkness because I haven't seen that. So I will definitely get on that. Oh, but yes. I saw at random. Give me a break. I, right. <laughs> I, excuse me. I still watched a thousand movies last year and it just hadn't not to be yeah. one of them. Um, <laughs> anyway, the what got me about the In Search of Tomorrow particularly was there was quite a few movies that I had never heard of. And I was really surprised because I thought I was quite the sort of sci-fi 
aficionado. Um, and the, the one that really stuck with me, which I, again, I'd never heard of, especially in the UK, was The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. Really? Yeah, really? Are you that serious? That shocked me. That, that shocked me. I, wow. I, I genuinely, I genuinely How did you never, never hear of that? You, that is an you? amazing movie. I have a prop from that. No shit. Well, I, I think I think genuinely it was from the fact. I mean, like I say, in the eighties, I was growing up. I um, you know, I I was at the cinema all the time and everything else. I had VHS and whatnot. In the UK, I don't think it ever came out. And if it did, I I stand corrected. But I had never heard of it. I can't believe that you'd never heard of that before. Man. Well, was, I mean, that is that is a major like uh that that is one of those like landmark cult b movies like yep. that is oh. just like i Again, like I, honestly like i say i mean I'm, I'm a massive fan of all of that kind of b movie stuff and everything else and when i was going through the documentary i made a um the other one that stuck out to me was was it called looker the one by Michael Crichton. Oh yeah, Looker. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, again, and I thought I've never even heard of that. And so I, I, wow. I, I had about three or four movies on my watch list that I had to add. And like I say, Buckaroo Banzai was what got me was I'd I think they mentioned it early on in the documentary. I didn't realise how long the documentary was because I was I was watching it and it got to like nineteen eighty three and I thought, How long have I been watching this for? And then it was kind of <laughs> Oh right, it's five hours, right, okay. Yeah, and the they mentioned coming it. Up. Um, they start. They mentioned this Buckaroo Banzai, and then I found it and I watched it, and I did think to myself, "What the hell was that about?" And then I love the fact that you've got Peter Weller later saying, "If anybody can tell me what that movie is about, I will give you money." <laughs> the main star of the movie, and he still didn't have like much of Nobody a clue. Nobody knows what, it, what the hell is it about. It doesn't matter. <laughs> That's it doesn't matter. That, it's amazing. That's what's oh, awesome should, about it. The 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 proposed sequel title was even more amazing. And uh, well, what, Cecil, what was the name? Do you remember the the supposed sequel title that was floated around there for a long time? Uh, it I was remember like, it, yeah. it was the further. It was the further adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. Uh, it's, oh God, it's it, against um, the uh, something mafia or something like that. Or <laughs> yeah, criminal organization syndicate or I can't remember. But it's even crazier sounding than the. I, I also loved yeah. as well, you talk about post-end scene credits in Marvel, the end scene credits in Buckaroo Banzai, where everybody's just kind of walking and dancing. Mm, <laughs> it's yeah. just sort of like, what is going on? So, <laughs> have so you watched it yet? It. Have you watched it yet since you just learned of it? Buckaroo oh, yeah, no, yeah, like I say, oh, okay. I've seen it. I've, oh, it was, I loved it. I, I loved um, John Lithgow in it, how ridiculously over the top Christopher Lloyd. I mean, the cast was actually really amazing. But the, like I say, the whole film, I, I said to somebody about it and they said, what was it about? Well, it's this this guy and um, he's a rock star, <laughs> but he's um, and he drives a car and <laughs> you can almost hear the like... sprawling in his brain. Yeah. Uh, so I got a nitpick with In Search of Tomorrow. I didn't have this with with. Um, in Search of Darkness, because I do believe that the horror movie craze really started. I mean, you could say it started with Halloween, but I think Friday the 13th in 1980, that was the only outlier, I think, was the problem. And it introduced me to Cue the Winged Serpent, so I thank you for that. Uh, but the, You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just underrated, Jim. I was like, how have I not seen this before? This is I can't so awesome. believe you hadn't heard. I'm surprised. I, that was one that just completely got under my radar. Because I watched year. it, I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. But to me, in Search of Tomorrow, 80s sci-fi started with Star Wars in 77. And then you ha you, you're missing things like um, 
Close Encounters, uh, the first Superman, the Black Hole, and a few others that I feel like just really needed to be talked about because to me they, it's it's like that's when it all started. It, it's it's all of it was seventy seven on the eighties started in seventy seven for movies because if it weren't for Star Wars. I, and I honestly believe this. If it weren't for Star Wars, this movie that nobody expected to do what it did, every this really weird out there movie at that time, and nobody expected to do what they did, I think it opened up the floodgates, that the economy getting better and other things, but that really opened the floodgates for people just to try anything. And they did. And it was amazing. And I, I feel like by leaving off those three years, we, we're, we're leaving off a... a a preface that, you know, if you live through it, you really need to, to, you would understand that part a lot better. I mean, even Star Trek, the motion picture, all that, it all started in those three years and then really took off throughout the eighties. So that's my nitpick. I, I get what you guys are going for, but I don't know. What do you think? Well, I mean, I, I agree with you, but it's, it's kind of a, a delicate balance because uh, Star Trek and Star Wars are subjects that they're they're great. I mean, I'm I'm not going to deny that uh, they they basically are what is responsible for the shaping sci-fi, mm-hmm. uh, the sci-fi that we think of now. Uh, the problem is is that they've been discussed to death, and I think that uh, in general, um, the the because like I said, I didn't have as much. Um, I didn't have as much say in the uh, search of tomorrow, uh, but essentially what it was, was I think the mindset that uh, they've already been discussed to death and they didn't want to just re you know, it's already going to be a five hour documentary and they don't want to put in material that everybody already knows. So I think that maybe with the second one, we might talk a little bit like at least discuss it, say, okay, this is why it's important, but, uh, there's already been a bazillion documentaries and things that have already discussed this at at length. We want to talk about some of the other stuff. And I really, if I if I can, I would like to talk a little bit more about like the black hole. And I also, if we do get to talk about Star Wars, if they do uh, decide to interview me for part two, I want to talk about how uh, Star Wars owes its entire existence to Damnation Alley. Mm. Uh, <laughs> if you don't, if you don't know this story. Uh, 20th Century Fox had two movies going on at the time. They had Star Wars and Damnation Alley. Damnation Alley was their blockbuster. Star Wars was this little movie that they didn't really care about. They were just kind of doing. So uh, they had put so much money and effort and um, uh, like budget and, and stuff into into Damnation Alley, and they were having tons of problems with it that all of the producers and all the executives were paying attention to Damnation Alley and they were letting George Lucas kind of do whatever he wanted <laughs> and so consequently if uh, and, and then uh, Damnation Alley comes out flops miserably Star Wars comes out massive blockbuster saves the studio if, blo- if Star the- Wars would have failed 20th Century Fox would have went out of business yeah absolutely. But Damnation Alley is still kind of a fun movie though Oh, I love Dan Nation Alley. I, I'm not saying that it's a bad movie, but I'm just saying is that uh, because the studio was so focused on that, they kind of weren't uh, making change. I think the only change that they did do uh, was one of the producers was on set with uh, Star Wars. Uh, originally, uh, Han Solo was a, a bipedal fish, and they were like, all right, look, you got it. We, you got a giant talking dog. 
we, you know, we, you gotta have, a, can we have another human? Yeah. And they were like, okay. And so they made Han Solo into. He was uh, a green human. frog. Yeah, I know. I kind of want to see the green fall. I, I kind of want to see that version. There, there's there. an adaptation yeah, you, you of it in the, comics. I and that's like how Kermit was born. <laughs> <laughs> so consequently, you know, at least we got that out of it. But I mean, cause, and, and again, uh, as I've talked about on a lot of videos, um, produ producers aren't always bad. Like there are things that have been put in place by producers that have made them change the movie for the better. Problem is 90, I'd say 98% of the time uh, when a producer meddles, he ends up ru ruining or making the movie uh, go in the bad direction. Yeah, so I mean, I think Alan they, Ladd Jr. made Star Wars happen. And I know that they tried to put it in like theaters wouldn't take it unless they did this thing called like the, the black Delilah or the, the orchid movie. Some, 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 movie involving a flower in the title. I don't remember what it was. And it just Debbie does Dallas. No, that's a D flower. No, that's not a flower, is it? That's a D flower. That's a different deal. But I, I'm not trying to talk. I don't want you to talk like, you know, everything that everybody's talked about with Star Wars. What I'm talking about is like, do the special effects that we get from Ghostbusters and the thing and some of these others, would those exist if ILM didn't become such a huge thing because of Star Wars, mm -hmm. right? And and how much do I, I'm just I'm looking at more of the ramifications and why these why they were able to do so many things if if there hadn't have been that spark that made it happen. And I, you know, like you said, the black hole, I mean, I black hole to me is such a weird throwback. It almost feels like a 50s movie with a better budget. And I love it because of that. So, you know, I remember the black hole because uh, my dad had a copy on eight millimeter. And I love that film. I think I think I actually had a couple of the toys of it um, and stuff. But I mean, I, yeah, my um, growing up, my dad built a cinema in the garage, an eight mil cinema in the garage. And so, like I say, I remember watching Black Hole, and it was it was fantastic. I still remember the music now, you know. And I haven't seen it for years. It was oh, it was such a great movie. That's, I'm gonna have to watch it again. It's now. no green slime. No, that's, I mean, that is the definition. That's the definition of a Generation X kids movie. What mm -hmm. happens in the end of that movie? The dude ends up fused with his robot and burning in hell in a mind fuck of an ending. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's what we had to deal with, you know? Wasn't that, 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 that explains a lot of my movie choices now. Wasn't trying to wrap your brain around that at like 10 years old. Come, wait, what? Yeah. Next million dug the guy's eyes out? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, one of the, the speaking of seeing things that you shouldn't at ten years old. I remember watching uh, "Make Them Die Slowly," aka Cannibal Ferox, at age ten. Uh, oh my that, god! That, well, that explains now, your rape fetishes. I've never been able. <laughs> hey, I've never been able to tolerate like a castration scene in any movie since. It's that's the one red line that makes me squirm after that movie. I'm like, oh. My my dad did show me Alien when I was about seven or eight years old, and I I didn't sleep for like a week. And my <laughs> mum, my mum yeah. was furious about it, but my dad thought it was hilarious. <laughs> He's learning a valuable lesson. <laughs> Clash of the Titans had full frontal nudity. I don't know what you know what's happened to us, but it's, I miss I miss the eighties. Oh god. Uh, my my parents so, had a very laissez faire attitude about what they would let me to watch. In fact, it was there was no restrict as long as it wasn't like a, a legit porno. 
didn't matter anything I wanted to watch. There was like no oversight. It, it, it was funny because my dad was actually quite conservative with some films, but that just made me want to see them more. And I think that's where my fascination has come out with these sort of obscure and and, and, and sort of censored movies. It was kind of like, no, dad said I shouldn't watch them. So now I really want to. <laughs> Well, Cecil, how, how are you doing on time? Because I, I feel like this takes us a little bit into the PG, PG-13, the way we rate movies now, the way we rate movies then. I, I don't know, uh, but I, I don't want to – I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, I'm good. You actually got me on a good day, you know. So uh, Awesome. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I got a little more time. Okay. Uh, your sponsor says into... it's okay. That's good. <laughs> His handler said he's got five more minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, my, my wife, my wife hasn't come in and started saying, you know, you got to start cooking dinner. So, uh, so we're good. Um, the, uh, the, the PG 13 one, um, I put, uh, I don't even know exactly how much, I think I put something like probably eight months of research into that one. That one was just brutal. Um, but it was, I mean, the end result I was very happy with. Great. Uh, because I had to track down uh, a lot of uh, things leading all the way to my my thought was that uh, with uh, the Janet Jackson. Uh, oh, God, what did they call that? The, the wardrobe malfunction. Wor- thank you. Wardrobe wardrobe malfunction. Yes, yeah. The wardrobe malfunction, because that was really when I think that things changed, because if you go back and you look at uh, the PG-13 movies of old, uh, they got away with a lot more. And then PG-13 after that was when things really got lame, where uh, they were weak. They weren't uh, – They it was like PG-13 was supposed to be a little bit more edgy, and now you had PG-13 movies that were not as edgy as PG movies were. And so uh, I think that was really a, a major, a major issue. And so I dug through and, sh- you know, I cite, I like to, you know, as they say, show your homework. And so I was citing all these different examples and showing the differences and what was changed and what wasn't. And I think that now uh, that what happened with PG-13 was that it made studios uh, a combination of lazy and greedy because their thought process was, well, we can shoot this movie rated r and then take it into editing and edit it to be pg-13 and then release it in theaters at pg-13 and get all you know all the teenagers in seats and then when it comes to releasing it on home video we'll release the unrated or r-rated cut the version they don't want you to see and it'll be the actual movie but the problem was uh with that mindset was that there were a lot of movies that they shot them as r they edited them down to be pg-13 and then when they did uh release them into theaters nobody went to see them the movie flopped and then uh when it went to home video they didn't feel like bothering to release the full cut of the film (laughs) so they just released the pg-13 version and we never saw the actual movie so that was a major uh problem a lot of movies uh had had issues with that or uh you had a case of something like uh stay in uh stay alive which um, the the director went in fully with the intention of making that an R-rated film. He had the okay to make it an R-rated film. And halfway through production, Disney bought the studio and made them change it to be a PG-13 film. So that ended up hurting the film. Uh, and it's still, I actually think, uh, the, unra- the R-rated, unrated cut that did get released, uh, unfortunately, it wasn't 
finished. Mm. So um, all the violent scenes in the film are all like half finished effects. And it's not the fault of the film. It's the fault of the fact mm. that Disney bought them and made them release this film. You know, but I mean, but at least we get to see what the movie was supposed to be. Sorry, so, just to stop you there, are you saying that Disney interfered with something and made it worse? <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm sorry. To believe. Shocked that yes. there's gambling in this establishment. Yes, Disney. Well, well this is news to me. It's news to I, me. I'll never. How how dare you, sir? I've never heard of Disney doing this sort of thing. Yeah, they uh, they they have a tendency of doing that. And uh, and consequently, like as always with these, uh, the director takes the rap. Oh, you put out a terrible yeah, film. Yeah. He's like, no, I didn't take out. I didn't put out a terrible film. I have a very good film that uh, the studio ruined, but I can't say anything because if I badmouth Disney, I don't get to work in the industry anymore. Um, well, I mean, all of this... Drinker just did a video where he interviewed some director of a movie, and I can't remember what it was, but the guy was like. Oh yeah, this is not my. You know, what was? Did you guys see that? Happen to see that? It was just like a week ago, maybe. Not, not that one. No, no, I was going to say no, I've seen, I haven't a seen of that those, yet. but not that one. Well, I mean, all of this, to... I think I, I think all of this is a very complex tapestry of why movies mm. are so. To me, I look at movies today and just feel more like products than they do like art form, and that's my. Yeah. And that's 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 a big reason why we do what we do on this site, why we talk about what we do or why we, we do our news stories the way we do is because we adore the art form of movies. And when they were, you know, if they were successful, great. And if they weren't, that sucks. But, you know, at least, you know, sometimes you can find some enjoyment in the really bad movies just because of the sincerity behind it. But now we, you know, everything is just product. So the bad movies are bad, not because, you had a director, a crazy wacko director that didn't know what the hell he was doing. And he put some weird shit on the screen. Mm. It's because they were trying to tick too many boxes and, and remove things and put things back in and do all this stuff so that it would be the perfect computer calculated movie that nobody cares about. This film definitely is going to appeal to anyone who is uh, female in between 16 and 26 yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you get more you a real, a a bad example is that the the prequel to the thing where they made it all in uh, <clears throat> uh, real, you know, and real effects, and they changed it. To then, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And they and the, yeah, there was a they they had done that. Uh, they had uh, Studio ADI um, did all these amazing practical effects, and. Um, they were about, you know, part. They were mostly through shooting, and they brought in a new producer who saw the dailies and said, "This, this looks like something from the '80s." Like, <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a. This is a movie that's supposed to be taking place before a movie that was from the '80s, and so he demanded that they cover uh, all the all the practicals up with CG. And it's a shame. Actually, the, the guys who did the CG for the movie, it's not that they did a bad job. Uh, they actually worked really hard, but they were on an incredibly short time. They just didn't have enough time to do uh, to do the, the effects that they wanted to. So uh, that's why that whole thing ended up looking very sloppy. And then if you go and you... you uh, you you ask anybody, oh, did you see the 2011 uh, thing prequel? And the majority of people will say, uh, yeah, the effects were terrible. Like they they don't mm. know 
the real story behind it. They don't know. I mean, unless they saw my video, they know the real story. <laughs> Is that but, producer um, John actually, Peters? Because that sounds like a John Peters call. Uh, he was the guy no, that screwed up Superman Lives and had the Batman, uh, you know, the weirdo that was he was in that licorice pizza. He wanted uh, he was the one who wanted um, Superman to get into a fist fight with polar bears. Yes. And uh, he didn't want he didn't want Superman to fly. Okay. Uh, Superman had to have a fist fight with polar bears and he had to um, fight a oh, giant spider. He had to fight a giant spider, which then ended up in, in, in Wild, 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 Wild West. West. Yeah. But a like, uh, oh, giant yeah. fucking spider on the I mean, screen. Oh, what's next? Did you, did you watch Pizza, Cecil? Have you seen Licorice Pizza yet? I have not seen Licorice Pizza yet, no. Uh, I heard I heard it was good. It's great. Yeah, I, I it love it. great. Easily one of the top five last year, I thought. Okay. I Yeah, I will definitely If you like Paul Thomas still... Anderson, you're going to love it. Yeah, uh, I am. I'm curious to, to see it. I really want to check it out. It's it's on my my uh, my very very long you know watch list. <laughs> yeah, I've got one of those. I'm still <laughs> I'm still trying to come up with my best worst of 2019 to show you how behind <laughs> I am. Yeah, I was wondering when we, when that was going to happen. Well, I was like, I, I, see, I, I, car, I gotta get that off my list. Oh, the piece of shit that was. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to um I'm trying to watch every movie ever made retroactively, and I've just got up to Gone with the Wind. So um, oh. Well, Wow, you're up to G. Wow, you're you're doing pretty good. No, he's up to 1938. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm getting there. King Kong was great. I love that. That was really good. Um, Okay, so we're going to get some questions from some of our readers here, all three of them. Um, Viewers, even. Readers, whatever. Same thing. It's people we don't care about. That's what it is. Um, Yeah. was there anything in between? There's a lot of chat that's been going on. Well, I'm looking at uh, Eggy. Eggy has a specific question for you, Cecil. He said, how did Good Bag Flicks grow to what yeah. it is today? You said you started doing reviews on your own, and now you seem to have a team, or is it still just you? Oh, God. No, it's just me. Okay. Um, I I can't afford a team. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I, I, you know, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just me. Uh, I do, um, I do all the research. I do all the interviews when possible. Um, I do all the, the editing and voiceover work and, and basically it's a, it's a one man show. The only thing that really, uh, is, um, outside of, of me is, uh, I, you know, uh, psycho stick, the band, uh, did my intro and outro. Uh, they're good friends. Um, and I used to have my buddy, Eric, um, if you, if you watch some of the old, old episodes pre 2015, uh, there were those like little CG intros. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a buddy of mine who at the time was an out of work animator and every week it was like, uh, Hey, well, initially he was like, Hey, um, I'm looking for, uh, I'm looking for work, but I don't want my animator skills to get rusty. So in the meantime, uh, let me just do your, you know, do your intros for you. So I was like, okay, cool. So uh, I would tell him what you know movies I was doing, and he would come up with little ideas for them, and he would crank them out on a weekly basis, and uh, it was just something fun that we thought would go on for like a month or two, and then uh, you know he was unemployed for like a year, and so uh, so he kept doing them for me, and then when finally uh, I got a job. Uh, I was doing YouTube, but I was also um, I was going to be freelancing for a website called The Escapist. And that was when it was like, well, it just kind of serendipitously happened. He's like, well, I'm not going to be doing uh, the intros anymore because I finally got work. 
And uh, I was like, okay, well, that's good because I'm going to be doing uh, the videos at the, the Escapist as well as YouTube. And so I had him do like one final intro for me and I had Psycho Stick do the music and we kind of put that together. And that's kind of been my, my go-to uh, for the good bad flicks videos. Then the exploring videos, uh, I had my buddy Yoshi did uh, the, the animation for that. Uh, he used to work for ILM. Um, great guy, really wow. very talented dude. Uh, so he did my my exploring intro, and then I got uh, Weary Pines, who did the score for uh, In Search of Darkness Two. They did the little music loop for me uh, for there, so that way I could because I had people that were like confused, like they would tune in to Good Bad Flicks, and they would they'd see well they're like well how come you got one video where you're you're basically goofing on a movie, and then you have another video where you're like talking about the movie's history and i was like okay let me let me make it clear this is this <laughs> this is something else you know so and i still get people that are like oh i miss your old style videos i'm like i i do both <laughs> <laughs> i just did one last week you know how, how much so, how much is it like when you got to a point that you were you had a i mean your audience is in the thousands i think you have 300 80 some odd thousand subs and you know you you get a million views so now you're getting like like a noise of responses right i mean there's so much of it do you start seeing patterns you start seeing like okay there we got the people that just don't pay attention don't read we got people that are really into it we got people that are just dicks what i mean it are you seeing like just are you kind of lumping people into kind of categories does that end up happening do you, or do you it... start an email and know exactly where it's going to go yeah <laughs> uh i get a lot of um uh we want you to promote raid shadow legends uh, <laughs> uh, God. Uh, it sucks but uh way. yeah I, I do get a lot of uh as far i'm like i try to read all the comments because uh they really in general i'm lucky that uh, the majority of my audience is really supportive. I get a lot of, you know, oh, I love this. This is great. I get a lot of uh, like new people that are like, hey, I just found your videos. These are fantastic. So it really it, it, it helps because there's a lot of times where it's three in the morning. I'm re-recording a line. <laughs> I want to go to bed. My I have to take my son to school in three hours. You know, I'm like, oh, you know, so but then reading somebody who like took the time out to be like, hey, I just discovered your videos. I'm walk watching your backlog now. I'm in love. They're great. Uh, it makes a big difference. Uh, but I do get a lot of nonsense. I get a lot of, uh, you're wrong. You suck. Your voice is annoying. Uh, <laughs> how come you're not too, on huh? camera? You you must look like a gargoyle. Uh, you know, uh, you don't know what you're talking about. I, I one of my favorites, and that's just uh, for my comments. Yeah, that's just yeah, that's just that's Sean. Just Sean. <laughs> you son that's of a bitch. That's just, that's just Sean texting. <laughs> yes. I get a lot of uh, you don't know what you're talking about, and I usually on a few occasions I've been able to respond with, okay, I will contact you know whoever the director, and I will tell them that they didn't know it because I got the <laughs> like I got the, the information directly from the guy. <laughs> You know, how do you know that? And I'm like, because I asked him. Uh, so I get a lot of that where uh, you don't know what you're doing. Or one of my personal favorites uh, was I had somebody, I actually have it pinned on my um, Twitter. Uh, somebody was like, so you went to uh, Wikipedia and you just read the Wikipedia entry <laughs> verbatim. 
And I went, do you see all the citations? They were from my video. <laughs> because I talked to the goddamn production manager and I put the, you know. So, so it's a chicken and right. egg, but you, that, that was the first right. one. And they're the second. Accuse okay. you of plagiarizing yourself. That is yeah. That is as stupid as I remember somebody saying, I think it was on Twitter or somewhere, saying, why is it these bands like Foreigner keep covering all the songs from Glee? Oh, <laughs> my God. Wow. Wow. Uh, I will somebody... say, though, I have a guy. Uh, I, I There's one that I always see, and it makes me – it makes me both laugh and it makes it's it's irritating, but it also ma- there is a guy. I swear to God, um, he has been writing ever since the uh, I used to be on Blip TV oh, and then yeah, Blip yeah, shut yeah. down, and I was on uh, YouTube. Thankfully, I smartly made the jump a long time before they went under. Um, but uh, I um, there's a guy who started on on Blip in 2010, and here we are in 2012. Every single video I put out. He asks me why I don't like uh, the Three Stooges and the Santa Claus, but it's the tree. I think I think he's uh, there's something wrong, and so he writes. Why don't you like is the word you're looking for? Uh, why Why don't you like the Tree Stooges, T R E E, and uh, the Santa Claus? Uh, and every single video I put out. He he is if one of the if he's if he's saying three like that, he might be Irish. Why don't you like the tree stooges? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what it is. Sean, cut it out. Enough's <laughs> enough. You've I driven you it into to, the ground. Let it go. I told you not to out me like that. I've, that's been such a nice long running gag and now you've ruined it. With the you tree will. stooges, yes. <laughs> Um, Cecil, you will like the comment because somebody has said, uh, where is it? He has a great broadcaster voice. He could do sports commentary too. So. Uh, I would, I could do sports commentary if I knew anything about sports. About sports yeah. <laughs> oh, and he's kicked it to the other one and now he's picked it up and running with it. I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> There's um, been quite a few comments about how Cecil sounds pro and we sound like retards. So <laughs> not, no, 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 no. Sean, read them back. It's, it's that you sound like a retard. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. That I'm not going to. Aggie, Aggie Wegg said, um, is it like the uh, is good bad flicks like last movie outpost and the fans and the site channel started keep contributing and it just grew from there. So has he not it, been listening to anything he said? He has not. <laughs> C- just... Cecil just has the the YouTube channel. I don't believe you have a website, or if you do, I'm... he has a website. Oh, he does. I have, okay. a, I have a website, but really, it's just I, I just use it to to like repost you know my videos on there. Um, I had a very nice person. Um, he had rebuilt the the site for me because uh, I I, you know, when I first started, uh, like in 2010, when I made the when I really started to kind of get a little bit more serious about it, um, uh, I I you know bought a uh, I bought a WordPress theme and I built my own site and I'm not you know. Uh, a web developer so i just kind of put it together and i i don't know seos and all that stuff so he was like look uh i love your stuff uh, i can't donate to your patreon but i want to hook you up so i'll rebuild your site for you and i'll fix all your seos and all that and i was like thank you i'm like that that's you know that's great i appreciated that so he he hooked me up with that and rebuilt the website but really all it is is just uh it's just the youtube videos and uh 
Um, I have a, a Twitch channel uh, where we watch a lot of movies and stuff on there. Um, but really, I mean, my my bread and butter is is on the the YouTube videos. Uh, you I would love. To, you can go to Cecil's website though to uh, donate. There's a donate button there. There is a donate button there, uh, and you know my Patreon as well because YouTube, uh, YouTube ever since the adpocalypse, uh, they don't exactly pay the bills like they used to. Like there was a day where uh, you could make you could do uh, three hundred thousand videos a month or three hundred thousand views a month and get paid probably about two or three times what you'd be getting paid now. Like the ad revenue used to be up, but what happened was after the ad uh, after the adpocalypse. Um, they a lot of companies coke uh you know the liquor yeah, companies they realized that they they didn't have to pay, you know they didn't want to pay anymore so uh youtube in order to bring them back uh or google lowered the they're like well now uh you only have to pay this much per video so uh they saved a ton of money and all the content creators <laughs> suffered that hurt that even hurt websites like mine because you know the google adsense when that when that happened, they they demonetized anything gun you know related, or or they was it restricted to where not all. Oh know, yeah, certain. So it like I went from you know a lot to not certainly not as much. It was very very painful, but you know Google. Overlooks. Yeah, if if it wasn't for uh, if it wasn't for Patreon, I probably would have had to quit a long time ago because uh, they they really helped keep me going uh, on those months when. Like there's just zero in like when when the adpocalypse first happened, I had I still have a screen cap saved of where it was showing like the little bar graph where it's like you know dit 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 and then just zero. Yeah, and it was like oh here's how much I made this month, zero. <laughs> do you so, still do you get I, hammered a lot with uh, uh, copyright monetization, demonetization, that kind of stuff because you have so many video clips in there or has that not been too much of a problem because you're stuck ask, ask, ask Yoda ask Yoda how many times he had to re-edit his James Bond video oh shut <laughs> up <laughs> uh, yeah it's kind of funny um, I have uh, I have a relationship with certain studios where I'm whitelisted uh, where they're like you know please talk about our videos and I'm like sure man but then I have other studios you know a lot of the bigger studios where uh, they come after me and I have to fight them over it and then um, it's kind of funny um there's one studio I won't say who, uh, but they're fairly Disney. Um, they're they're a fairly <laughs> large. Um, you, one might say uh, they have a universal appeal. <laughs> and, yes, uh, I've had that same problem. Uh, <laughs> they <laughs> they um, they had contacted me. Um, they were one of my like headaches uh, for for copyright uh, stuff, and I got contacted by uh, people in their like marketing department. They're like, "Hey, we love what you do. Uh, we want to uh, we want to send you uh, stuff." Uh, and I was like, "Hey, that's that's great, you know." Um, but could you tell your copyright <laughs> department to maybe whitelist me? And they're like, "We're not allowed to talk to them." Oh, and I'm Jesus. like, "They're like, we're we're there in a different building. They're their own. End. They're like, we love you." But and I'm like, well, I appreciate that, but it's it's making you know it's making me uh, have a hard time here. One of my personal favorites was I got uh, there was a company that sponsored me to do a video um, that I did, and then it got flagged, and then I went back to them and I'm like, <laughs> could you tell? And they're like, oh okay, and then they went and they told their copyright, and then and then a day later the copyright you know claim got dropped. <laughs> 
but it was just it was like you paid me to to do this. Well, so, some of it I know is on automatic. You know, it just it just yeah. happens, or they find it, or they don't know. But you know, mm-hmm. when they won't work with you, or they'll just you know, it's like you've got this obscure movie that I've just done a pretty glowing review for. Maybe getting somebody to. I mean, I know I'm mm. small and everything, but you never know. It's like, why would you Why would you be so tough on people like that? It's not like they're trying to just put the movie out there for people to watch, like pirating or something. And it's, it's bizarre to me how nuts they are about some of this stuff. Cecil, didn't you once mm-hmm. get a copyright strike where they, they gave you trouble over just you playing the trailer? Or something? It seemed like I remember you talking about that a long time ago. You played a trailer. Yeah, that they- was why... That was why I stopped doing uh, like current movie reviews for a while, because what I did was um, in order to, you know, I can't, you know, a movie that's in theaters, I can't talk about it, you know, or I can't show any clips from it. So I would take the trailer and I would recut that and talk about it. And uh, and they had got me over that. And then finally, one time uh, this was Paramount. uh, I did the poster and I talked about the movie like i reviewed the movie with the only thing on the screen was the poster and that was just a test and they claimed that <laughs> and i was like you are kidding you got to be kidding me that's the so b- most got- bizarre yeah. thing it's like you're basically re rebroadcasting their commercial their marketing material <laughs> for free and they say no i'm like are you the stupidest people on the face of the planet oh wait i've seen the movies yes you are uh, <laughs> see so you'd like my my video of robin hood because we got um morgan creek reached out to us and said about doing some content share so i did a, a sort of like an overlook of robin hood and i had the theme song because it was number one in the uk for like 15 odd weeks of um everything i do i do for you by brian adams and right. i tried and tried and tried to get around it and it just would not upload because of the copyright and everything else so in the end i just sung it really badly <laughs> and i well, actually said i actually said the worst yeah well I, I actually said now you may think i'm singing this badly but what i'm actually doing is getting around the copyright <laughs> you gotta do that 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 crappy flute version oh know, yeah the, like the, the, the recorder <laughs> the recorder version, version. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's been a few times where I've done that where I'll take the recorder version of like Mortal Kombat or something and just because I know I'm I'm not get you know I'm not gonna get any headaches over it you know but yeah it 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 always bothered me because uh like I I recently I'm currently dealing with a a copyright claim over a movie called Omega Cop and I'm like who else is talking about this movie like why would you like and i mean i yeah i'm goofing on it but i'm i'm talking about it uh, telling people to go watch it and a lot of yeah it's it's actually a really fun movie it's uh with uh we we called him uh mark uh but it's really marcaney uh he's this really (laughs) soft-spoken guy who's a terrible actor but a very good martial artist and uh, he's just running around kicking people in the groin in like a post-apocalyptic world, and uh, it's uh, it's a really fun movie. Yeah, I know. Oh yeah, watch. It, he's got he's got Omega Cop, Karate Cop. Uh, they're all something cop. I have um, seen Karate Cop. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. cop, cop. Yeah, cop, cop. <laughs> do but, you um, do you yeah. ever have any? Have you ever had a studio or somebody uh, or or the director or anything like after you've you've riffed or talked about a particular movie that they say, thank you. We've gotten sales because of you. Has that ever happened? Uh, 
He's. I've seen that a director has commented in his comments under videos before, where some guy's like, "Oh, thank you for take talking about this movie." Yeah. I, who was? I can't remember who it was. It's a long time ago now, but. Uh, I've gotten I've gotten contacted by a lot of people, um, uh, actors, direct, directors, producers, uh, various people who uh, it's been really beneficial uh, because uh, I'll get like uh, some like one thing was really funny. Um, I did a video on the Apple and the whole movie I made or the whole video I made fun of um, uh, Alan Love, who I, I called him a bird chested wimp. <laughs> and he wrote me a he wrote me an email and he's like you called me a bird-chested wimp and I nearly spit my coffee out. I was he's like thank you so much. He's like uh you know even though you made fun of me it was hilarious and I appreciated that and I was like I talked to him for a little bit it was really cool. Uh but yeah I've talked to a lot of directors and one of the things that's really cool is uh it opens a lot of doors because I'll do a video on something and then I'll get contacted by a producer or somebody who'll be like, hey, I'm glad you like this video or I'm glad you like this movie. I worked on such and such and nobody ever talks about it. I would love to be able to tell you the story. And so I'm like, OK, cool. And then that leads to me interviewing them and finding out, you know, the the behind the scenes story of whatever movie and then being able to do a video on that. So uh, that's really cool. I haven't ever had anybody uh, contact me as far as like sales, like, oh, you know, thank you for talking about this movie. It, it helped to increase sales. But I, I have had a lot of people contacting me saying I never heard of this movie before, but now I own it or I've never heard of this movie before. I just bought it. Uh, it's now one of my favorites. Uh, so I, I've gotten a lot of that from the audience, but not, uh, you know, from the producers or people that worked on the film. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I feel like there's a lot of positivity to come from this niche of YouTube, you know, reviewers that, you know, talk about these odd little movies that they love. And I mean, residuals are still a thing. So if they're getting bought, mm. you know, it seems like it would be good for everybody. And yet they... I guess some of these some of these studios and everything get so weird about this kind of stuff, and I just I don't understand it from a business standpoint. But maybe I'm missing something. Hey, see, so they, I got to ask you yeah. since since G four has started their launch that your whatever happened to G four video has did you get a big spike in that when they came back on YouTube? Oh yeah, I got a big spike uh, when that first came back. Uh, where people were like, hey, uh, you're going to have to do an updated video, you know, the the rise or the, you know, the rebirth of G4. And then about a week later... It, it was dead again. Exactly. A week later, they're like, they're like, well, yeah, this is dead again. It sucks again. Uh, you know, well, that's going to be a really short video. Uh, you know, and I was like, it'll be the 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 rise and fall uh, it was the rise and fall and further fall of (laughs) i can picture your title or your thumbnail it'll say the rebirth of g4 and then you'll have crossed it out and underneath you say never mind (laughs) (laughs) it's it's really a shame because um i the the g4 video that i did came from a lot of love like I uh, I used to you know, like uh, I hung out with Tommy Tallarico. Uh We used to play uh, Xbox Live him. with. Uh, well, I'm just you know Hollywood not... say so big time. <laughs> big time. <laughs> Although to to be perfect, Tommy now Tommy's big time with uh, video games live. He doesn't even remember me. Uh, but uh, but a lot of 
the the hosts and everything. They used to have Xbox Live parties. We used to go on there. We would go to the conventions and hang out, me and a whole bunch of the forum members. And it was a great community. We were all really fun. And I, I knew a lot of, so I had interviewed a lot of people. Uh, I knew Captain Emmy back when he was just a forum member uh, who was uh, Kevin Pereira. Um, so that came from a lot of love and a lot of my experiences. And I was able to get a lot of firsthand information on like, uh, you know, what happened. And so that's why that video is like so thorough because I was able to talk to a lot of the people and get the real story behind uh, what happened and why they screwed up so badly. And so when they came back, uh, you know, it was Kevin and Adam and Kevin, I feel really bad for because Kevin is a genuinely good guy. Uh, he his heart is in the right place. But I think that with uh, with the new cast and everything that came on and with Adam uh, being Adam, um, it's just it's it's not they're not catering to the audience that they were catering to back in the day. Uh, they're catering to this new audience who w w hates uh, what G4 was. And I think that if you were going to get anything, you would you would have to cater to the old audience to bring those fans in. Can, can but you, uh, so that's not even going to bother. Can you help me out a little bit on what happened? Because I'm not a big G4 fan. I, I remember, like... I, when I still had satellite TV and stuff, I would watch things like tech TV and ZD TV and, and watch the game shows that they had on there. But it was all very, it was all very dry. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, like what G4 was. And by the time G4 started really becoming big, I, I had my kids and I was just, I didn't care anymore. And, and my understanding is what I saw was, is that they had this one episode where this woman really raked everybody over the coals about her her politics she was very upset about people looking at her or it wasn't there for male. i don't know it was a big it was a big rant from what i saw um i'm not commenting on whether it was good or not or bad or not i'm just saying that that's what i saw and then it appeared that they did another episode where they had a girl in bikini sitting in a yeah. thing of yeah. in a ball pit. Not like they went yeah, right. Is just, that what happened? Yeah. Like they went from a, it, like yeah. a feminist thing to a this this man yeah. show That's thing. A, well, well, here's here's what happened uh, with with the new G four. Um, they in in old G four uh, they had uh, Olivia Munn and uh, uh, Sarah Sarah uh, Underwood and all them, and they were. They were eye candy and they weren't even try they weren't shy about it. I mean, they had Olivia Munn, you know, eating a hot dog, uh, you know, off the back of a motorcycle. Off the back yeah. yeah, they had. Um, and I don't like, see anything wrong with that stuff. I mean, watch it or well, don't watch it. But I mean, well, that's who cares? That's the thing. It, it was catering to a male demographic because primarily the people that were watching it were largely guys. And uh, you had uh, like uh, they, they jumped into. Um, uh, a, a a swimming pool full of pudding, and it was just dumb. <laughs> like it, it was just, it was the style. It was the style at the time. It, it, it was, just, <laughs> yeah, had a lemon on your, on your belt. It was the style that we all miss. Yeah, it, it was a magical age. And and the thing was, I actually have uh some of the some of the people who I met from the forums. One of them is a very close friend of mine. She actually was living in Canada. She moved to the United States because she met another guy. They got married. They have two kids now. So I mean, she had no problem with it. I mean, a lot of the girls, you know, it was just it was just, you know it was. It was just it was, dumb stuff. Yeah. So anyway, uh, with with the new G four, 
uh, they had this what I think was a very fake rant about how, you know, oh, these women weren't weren't here for you to stare at. Well, yeah, they were. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, well, oh, what, so we're starting out with what, lies now, are we? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, like when when you have when you have Jessica Chobot licking uh, a <laughs> PS3, that that's what what do you, what do you you know? Yes, yeah. they were. That was the thing. It's like it's not. It wasn't demeaning to them. It was they were doing it of their own accord, and they made a lot of money on. It. I mean, hell, so, you know, like like uh, Jessica Chobot ended up being in one of the Mass Effects. Uh, I don't think she would have uh, done that if not for, uh, you know, for her time on, on G4 and IGN. But um, they did that whole thing where they're ranting about how, uh, you know, women are not uh, sex objects and all this. And then what happened was she had uh, Frost uh, had ended the rant with, you know, uh, if you are one of those people that you want to objectify women, blah, blah, don't watch our yeah, show. she pulled the Kelly Sudaconic. If you don't like my content, don't read my books. And they went. And right. And then so consequently, viewership went. Boo! Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, "Uh oh, what can we do to fix this? So they called up uh, Amaranth, who is a massive Twitch star who does things like uh, swims in a hot tub and people throw money at her. And um so she came on and jumped into a ball pit in a bikini. And I think I read that she had uh, she was doing a thing where she t- uh, was testing the flavor of different um, uh, like at, like Astro Glide and stuff. <laughs> and and, you know, so, what that old so, chestnut. <laughs> so it, it really uh, it, it kind of um, flew in the face of the thing that they had just went like I, I I almost would have respected them more if it was like, hey, this is what we're doing now. And if you don't like it, get out. And they stuck with yeah. that. But they, they said, this is what we're doing now. If you don't like it, get out. And then everybody got out and they went, uh oh. That you know, this isn't going to pay the bills. Yeah. So I then they felt they bad. Felt like, I almost they felt bad just, for that. Just, ranting feminist to believe it you or know not. what because she's like this is what you hired me for this is what we're going to be and when things got rough you immediately brought out the bikini girls and i don't think she was told anything about <laughs> it i'm like going it's kind of shitty to, i mean i don't agree with her fine i don't agree with her but that's what she was hired for and she made the mistake of, of forgetting that they're in business to make money not to I, virtue no, signal she, you know maybe mm-hmm. but that's what they told her to do that's why they brought her in well, oh, that was did. an absolute me, uh, like it was a yeah. scripted thing. It was it was not Man, an yeah, off the cuff rant. That was that's a my scripted point. rant. It was scripted. They knew it they, was coming. They wanted that. Mm-hmm. Nah, I don't know. I think they they made a mistake of listening to Twitter and forgetting that <laughs> everybody that you hear on Twitter basically everybody else has been banned. So they think like, oh, this is the this is the majority. <laughs> so they cater to like <laughs> the majority of people that still have accounts on Twitter, and they made. I can I just say that as Mm-mm. I feel objectified, and but if any women <laughs> want to use me as a sex object, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Mad Link in the comments pointed out that last movie Outpost has been contacted by directors. That's true. George was told to do better by a director. <laughs> that was a genuine mistake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, what was I that? am still annoyed with that. What? I am still annoyed with that because we could have got an interview out of that, and that was that was just a simple mistake. So you I, you had done a re, a review or something and you had not a review I I wrote up about um it's a new movie by with um Frank Gorillo in it and 
I, for some reason, I don't know how I got confused. I, I At the time, I had the heavy flu. I will say man flu, in fact, so I was nearly dead. Because <laughs> um, obviously man flu is much worse than, you know, regular flu. Um, of course. And I think I just got two stories confused. And I, I, I said it was by a director who had worked with Bruce Willis quite a lot recently. And then the director reached out to us and said, I haven't worked with Bruce Willis. Do better. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So I did make an apology and, and corrected the situation, but it was yeah just an oversight on my part. He, his panties was very. There are no twisted. mistakes ever on Twitter, yeah. George. Yeah. Never. <laughs> I, I actually i I don't want to say who, but I did have a director contact me uh, and told me that I made a mistake, and then I had to send him. Uh, he's like, "You told me that I did something when I didn't do it," and he wasn't mad, but he was just like. I just wanted to let you know uh, this. And so I had contacted him and I sent him the video clip where he said that he did said <laughs> thing. And he went, oh, oops. Did you tell him to do better? I said, do better. <laughs> do better. Well, um, we're at but, two hours and 22 minutes. This has gone on. I feel like, which is great. I've had a great time. Uh, Cecil, you've, you've given us a lot of interesting insights into uh Somebody says, so, said, this is not a last movie outpost live stream. This is a how to workshop for the last movie hey, outpost. We do crew. this for us, man. If you happen to enjoy it, that's great. If you don't like our content, go. Yeah. Yeah, do better. You need the video. If you saw the clip of uh, of the G4 thing, you need you need the one uh, like Adam was doing the. the uh, 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 with the, <laughs> with the oh, one. yeah. It's like, okay, we get it. You agree with this. But, uh, you know, oh, but just to go back to that real quick, I think the thing before, you know, I get out of here, uh, the thing with with that was it seemed that the people that were most mad, it would like nobody had a problem that there was a, a, a girl who was talking about movie reviews. It was that in the old days, it was somebody would play the game uh, and they would give their review of it. And with the new thing, it was somebody else would play the video game. Or actually, a team of people would play the game, write the review, and then the person would just read the review. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I think a lot of people, they want your opinion. They don't want you to read someone else's opinion. So I think that that was where a lot of the, you know, complaints were coming from. And they didn't address that at all. They went right into, well, you're sexist this that and the other thing and wow that- this movie was this this game was really great i love the what's that excitement <laughs> of how it played and i love the extra what's that say <laughs> well i mean i think you're onto something there i think that there's uh the, the corporate media i think is mm. dying in whatever field you want to call it in because it's there's no authenticity about it anymore. And, uh, you know, that's why we're trying to build a media empire here with Last Movie Outpost. <laughs> but but everybody that's on the site that does whatever they do, whether they're writing stories, writing reviews, doing videos, um, doing behind the scenes stuff, it's all their authentic ideas, their authentic uh, opinions. And I think there needs to be more of that. And that's what I... I'm hoping that, you know, we're, we're coming after your variety. So <laughs> we're going to take them down. Uh, Eggy wants to know if Cecil has subscribed to the LMO channel. No, he hasn't. And he probably well, he, he better do. Or he's going <laughs> to lose three subscribers from us. <laughs> yeah. Well, blackmail uh, him with uh, our no, three subscribers. It doesn't work. I love the op- how optimistic you are about the loyalty of our of our watchers. <laughs> <laughs> Very optimistic. Stay gold, Pony. I am. 
No, I'm I am one. <laughs> I am I am one bad uh, movie. You know, if if I if if I talked about uh, whew, let's see, what's it? God forbid uh, I badmouth a Marvel movie, and I will <laughs> I will lose a whole bunch of subs. You are one wrong opinion Can't, away yeah. from destitution. Yes. Don't ever say anything bad about a Marvel movie. Are you insane? I am I'll going. Lose. Yeah, I, I am I'll one lose. bad. I'm, sorry, I'm one bad review away from going back to editing educational footage. <laughs> well, well, how do you think the war in Ukraine got started? Oh, shame, Somebody shame. was like, "Oh, these Marvel movies aren't all that great." Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say, I would say that I would be interested in Cecil's um, opinions of both uh, Yoda's news, which is quite good, uh, but also my how to make a movie series as well. Uh, send. Send me a link, and uh, when I can, I will take a look. He'll say, yeah, do better. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's fine. I mean, I, yeah. I know I need it's to. Actually, but, I mean, it's that's actually that's... a pretty reasonable response for us, yeah. I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Compared to some of the other criticism we've had, it's not bad. <laughs> um, I, I still can't get that thing out of my ass. Um <laughs> 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 but no, it, w- it would be interesting because, I mean, again, it's kind of finding that niche. I mean, Cecil, you obviously hit at the right time, you know, with the sort of 10 years ago. And obviously that's where you've you've taken off. And we're trying to sort of now build a channel amongst, you know, maybe thousands of other channels that are kind of doing the same thing. And it, it, like you say, if you can hit that niche, then it is very good. And so myself and Yoda and the other guys that put together the videos on there, you know, we try to sort of just make them as interesting as possible. Um, so I say, yeah, it'd be interesting to get your opinion. And we're, uh, we're well, we're wanting to do I... more than just the channel though. I mean, this is a whole, the news oh, website yeah, yeah. and all yeah. that kind of stuff. It, it's a part of a, of a whole. And I think that's why, that's where I think we're trying to offer more is not just, this but also all the news and reviews and opinions and hopefully have a different perspective when it comes to entertainment news in general uh i'm gonna quote adam carolla well i'm going to paraphrase adam carolla uh when he was talking about somebody had asked him you know how do you start a successful podcast how do you start a successful youtube channel and his response was well you know the number i'm not even going to try to imitate him but the the number one thing you need to do is be famous <laughs> and he's like if you're oh, if you're man, famous that's the one thing we haven't tried yeah then you know when you start a podcast or something you get all these fans that just come over they already know you know so that's kind of the unfortunateness is back in the day uh, you know, when there was a you in YouTube, uh, it was just a bunch of very motivated people that were trying to do whatever they were trying to entertain, whether it be with stupid videos, whether it be with uh, movie reviews, with whatever. Um, but now you're competing with corporations and Will Smith and big blockbuster stars and and they kind of come and go like that's what drives me nuts is you've got somebody that is consistently working and putting out videos every week and then you get somebody like Jack Black comes along and he's like hey I'm going to do a gaming channel and he does that for like 5 minutes until he gets bored with it and then he moves on and it's just like 
like you you know that these celebrities they're they, like a lot of them started up YouTube channels just because it was something to do while you know COVID was going on, and then as soon as work started again, they were like, well, <laughs> go to hell. I'm going back to my million dollar trailer. <laughs> I, I'm so God. I think it's going to change for YouTube for the better for for creators. And the reason why I say that is because I look at like like CNN just started their CNN Plus and some of these other you know all these these big corporations that have their own they're 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 actually trying to pull their stuff off of YouTube which YouTube has been sucking their dick for so long and now this is what they get for it is we're going to take all your, yep. our stuff off YouTube so they're going to have to rely on these creators and 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 people that actually want to be here and do things nah, that don't nah. those streaming services are going to fail for those news that and may they'll be, be that back they'll be well, back I don't know. When they fail, I think it's going to take the whole place with them because they put a hundred million dollars into CNN Plus. They're, they're... But again, it's one of those stupid scenarios where they think that you know the whole Netflix thing is going to work out for them. Netflix had it right when they got it when they started a streaming service and you paid for a streaming service and it was great. And now HBO Max have got one and Disney Plus has got one and everybody else has got one and it's kind of I, I'm like so I'm sure I started a video and I did some research on it and it was kind of even if you subscribe to the major ones it's like a hundred and twenty odd dollars a month. You know, for stuff that you just can't watch, and so not everybody is going to win in this streaming thing. People, you know, will come and go, but it's not going to be like it was for Netflix for the first few years when they had the monopoly on it. No, but what I'm saying is, is that that's what they're trying to do. Instead of making use yeah. of, say, I always thought it was dumb that people didn't that they didn't make use of Netflix's infrastructure that was already there. And just use that. But no, they wanted to get their own streaming services. They didn't want to pay it to Netflix. And the same with, with these news stations now, which have put tons and tons of stuff on YouTube. The networks have done this. Everybody's done this. And now they're trying to pull it all back so that they don't have to pay extra or, or lose money to YouTube due to mm. advertising costs or whatever. So I think two things are going to happen. One, YouTube's going to have to start really propping up their their native content creators and two i think that these corporations don't realize how much they're going to lose and it's going to hurt them so badly that um because because people don't want to watch i mean when's the last time you watched actual over the air or network tv i can't remember last time i have so I wonder how, my, my my area isn't fixed up so yeah. i haven't watched live tv for the how last long, month or so how long do you think it'll be before your internet provider will start offering you a package like uh, cable tv but it's streaming services where you can get where they'll where they'll go together well, and the phone like, companies oh, do your, your, yeah yeah they'll they'll your T-Mobile will give you uh, Disney Plus or Netflix along with it. So, I mean, that's already AT happening. AT&T and Warner Brothers. Yeah. HBO. <laughs> they bought these content companies for a reason. So it's going to be interesting yeah. to see how this shakes out. I, I don't think the Wild West is done yet. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Shall we I wrap it up, a... uh, George? Yeah, yeah Cecil's cool, probably tired of talking to three mentally handicapped it was, um, I thought you you're wrapping up. I'm not wrapping uh, up. I'm just asking. I'm asking. Just don't give it to Sean again. Yeah, don't. <laughs> say, say, you guys got any last words before I wrap it up? Uh, thanks for coming on, Cecil. It was a big favor, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Really, oh, do no appreciate problem. It, it was I, great I, talking to you. Yeah, no, thank you, man. I had a I had a good time. I uh, ever. Yeah, uh, I would I would come back if you ever want me. We would, we would love to have George says he had a good time. See you, George. Yeah. I'm going to use that on a blurb from now on. You got to find me outside of your house holding up a boom box. (laughs) 
so thank you very much, uh, Cecil from Good Bad Flicks. Uh, I we really do appreciate it. We had a great. You can time. find Cecil at www.www.goodbadflicks.com. <laughs> what Sean yeah. is basically saying is Dude. that I'm old as fuck, and I agree with that. That's true. I am. Anything else? Any other little comments you'd like to make your way there, Mister uh, Mister Hillbilly? You want to want to say no, anything? No, I'm done. I'm done. I okay, think. there. I can tell that hurt too much. So I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so anyway, we are lastmovieoutpost.com. We are the new cool news. You can reach us at contact us at lastmovieoutpost.com. Reach us at Twitter. I am at Drunken Yoda One. He is at no, George Lucas One. And he, Sean, will shoot you if you come anywhere near his property. Yeah. And Cecil's at YouTube backslash. What's the at web address for that, Cecil? Uh, for your- if you, just uh, just go to YouTube, look up uh, Good Bed Flicks. That is with a, uh, a CKS, not an X. Because I got a lot of people that are like, oh, I looked up, at, you know, F-L-I-X. And it's yeah. like, no, it's F-L-I-C-K-X. That's or right. C-K-S. Um, yeah, so you can look up uh, Good Bad Flicks on YouTube. I am also on Twitter uh, and Twitch and Facebook. And um, I talk about movies. I talk about television. I talk about entertainment in general. Uh, I talk about video games. Uh, I talk about a lot of stuff, and uh, I try do to be entertaining. You, do you have a top five greatest movie rape scenes? Though, do you talk about that? Uh, no, I think uh, Yoda. I think Yoda, cut him off. Cut him off. <laughs> do you have plans for that video? No, I think you know what. If you want, I'm going to have to put that behind a paywall or something. <laughs> You're a complete sicko, Sean. I hope you know this. Can you at least tell me that in private? How about that? Can you? <laughs> that doesn't we make said, it any it's better. Not really, great scenes. It's non-consensual. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, thank you so very subscribe much. Subscribe to Cecil. At goodbadfucks.com. <laughs> don't forget to call me at Why Don't You Like the Tree Stooges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll reach us at uh, lastmovieoutpost.com where you get all the latest in streaming news, movie news, reviews, opinions. Again, we are the cool news. We will see you again next week on the next stream. And make sure to like, share, and subscribe, all that wonderful stuff. And we will see you again next Sunday. Take care.